things about this game is that uh, strangers will reveal absolutely horrifying details of the world to you um, yeah. in casual conversation because they've just looked like that. Presumably so have you. Because you have evaporated your sense of self, you're like, it's like if you just woke up in this world and uh, somebody had to tell you about like, you know, war. Yeah, war or like <laughs> the McDonald's Corporation. Oh uh, yeah, or, yeah, or the current pandemic we're living through. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why does everyone wear masks when they go outside? Well, well I've, I've thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what would me from like two years ago think about right now? Oh, I think about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably swirly myself. Mm-hmm. Younger, cooler <laughs> me would be Fucking like, you look dark. like this. <laughs> That's a good uh, hard drive article. Is Young Link being like, oh, fucking virgin loser. Turn out to be seven years later. This guy sucks. What's up with these tights? Are you around swinging dick? No This. You guys are real showmen. It's a ritual. <laughs> Gotta do it. All right. Hello and welcome, everyone, to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends on It, a show where we do something different every single week. And this week, we got really into our own heads, and we played Disco Elysium. I have with me some of the best and brightest amnesiac detectives of the world over, uh, or Revishaw all over, anyway. Uh, and that we, all across to start, this we have Raphael Ambrosius Costo, Cam. Ambrosius Costo, <laughs> that's good. It's one of the names you can choose for yourself in the game. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah, I only encountered the ones that you guys had brought up. I encountered the tequila one and then Harry. That's the only one too I got to. Uh, well, speaking of that, we have Tequila Sunrise, Seb. Yeah, I didn't get that far, but. Party hard. Oh, yeah. Party on your We have open mouth, empty emissary of the apocalypse, Alex. <laughs> the end is coming. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Yeah, they really snuck those in every couple of <laughs> conversations. Huh? Mm. And so I'm your host, out. big communism builder, Nick. Uh, there he is. Get to work. Well, I'm going to get to work. I'm yeah, rolling up my it. sleeves. <laughs> I'm going to build heads. communism myself. And I like how immediately after you in- internalize that thought, it's like, all right, now get the firing squads ready. And you're like, what? You didn't say anything about firing squads. Like, what? You thought all this shit was going to be easy? Now you're going to talk them into it? Thought we were just going to share? Yeah, I got um, my encyclopedia was, uh, no, my rhetoric was saying, uh, yeah, so communists are basically, um, you want everything owned by the workers, and then you want to use firing squads on rich people. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, but those, you're, but you're not beliefs. supposed to say that if you're communist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, 
this game is a really interesting take on the detective game when part of the mystery is figuring out uh, who the hell you were before you completely <laughs> obliterated your body and mind in a bender that will go down in the history books. In a, a, a really, really nice way to frame this game, and I'm stealing this from a podcaster I like, but he says that it's, uh, you know, it's a story about solving a crime where the detective ends up solving himself. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in the spirit of detective games and detective stories in general, I am going to be reading from the uh, the absolutely ancient list of things you are, quote, not supposed to do in a detective story. These oh, are boy. Knox's rules for detective fiction. And I'm going to be reading them off because I think you guys will get a huge kick out of them. And because every good detective story that anyone likes breaks these rules for the most part. Now, you could say that it is because you got to know rules to, in order to break them, but I would say it's because these rules are written by a controlling asshole who wanted to keep all the good ideas for himself. Okay. <laughs> First one, no crime. No <laughs> Not crime. Nothing, nothing if you solve story. the mystery, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> no funny partners. <laughs> one guy. Uh, also, a lot of it is based on specifically the Sherlock Holmes stories, like that everything should be a template for them. Okay, everything should be Sherlock Holmes got it. Um, oh, and honestly, it's yep, Nick is googling this Nick right is now. He's ready. We're going to do the first thing. Here segment. we go. Okay. Ronald Knox, The Ten Commandments of Detective Fiction. Okay. How self-important do you have to be to have a Ten Commandments? Yeah, I did do, you my know? <laughs> do you want to know how self-important he is? I have, I have neighbors that in the uh, Falls Do you want to know? He was also a Catholic priest. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you know the commandments? I did my own. I did my own. I did my Besides, own. I've, I've been reading those other commandments for so long. You know, I the it was about Catholic Church loves own. it when you make your own commandments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, so. I think there, it was um, covet your neighbor's stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, kill people, lie, mm -hmm. cheat, steal. Um, he was trying to clean up those detective stories. They're a little bit yeah. too uh, risque for his yes. liking. Mm -hmm. He was a so mystery writer... Uh, who belonged to the Detection Club, a society peopled by such legendary mystery writers as society Agatha Christie, nerds. Dorothy Sires, G.K. Chesterton, and E.C. Bentley. Among his novels, The Viaduct Murder, Double Cross Purposes, and Still Dead. Now, I would love to dunk on this guy, but I have not read any of his books, which I guess is the best dunk I could possibly get. Mm. Uh, Never heard of his books. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of his stupid rules, but I have not heard of any of his books. <laughs> uh, you got you then. Yeah. It's just like Martin Luther taping up his fucking posts on the wall. It's like the yeah. one guy you know because of his one bad tweet and yeah. nothing else. Yeah. I hate that I have to know this guy. <laughs> All right. So, commandment number one for detective fiction. The criminal must be someone mentioned in the early part of the story, but must not be anyone whose thoughts the reader has been allowed to follow. That seems fine. Yeah, well, it's... I I like it in theory. Like, the idea is like a, a kind of, like, reader's thing where it's like, this is supposed to be a fair game kind of Right, thing. yeah, I think that's very yeah. of, the, of the line of logic where in a mystery you want to have the reader try and solve it themselves but I think. then we have things like Columbo where that turns on its head and it's very good yeah but I guess yeah well you either know that you already know the who you're allowed to follow the thoughts of the of the murderer from the beginning and in right. fact you are shown and in that way it's a little weird because this is called detective fiction but they're really talking about mysteries here yeah Columbo is absolutely detective fiction but it's but never a mystery it's never you know exactly yeah. the guy who saw, did the crime because yeah. you see it yeah you're just trying to sort it out from there and I, I do like that I mean, we did a whole episode about it I love that about Columbo I think that that's great yeah uh, what's number two number two 
all supernatural or preternatural agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The story can't be interesting. So we can't have so, a supernatural detective. Can't, well, more we, than that. You can't you, have a supernatural you, when, element at all? When you yeah. come to the crime scene, I think is what he's saying, and you see that there are no footprints there, you don't go, this guy, our perpetrator, Oh, he can fly. fly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say, that should not be the conclusion yeah. that you jump to. The detective and the, indeed the people in the story should be able to rule that out like you should that shouldn't be on the table as something that could turn out to be true yeah now a lot of my favorite uh fiction uh mystery fiction stories love to play with this rule and i think that often like this is where the cool stuff lies yeah i think that can work but i i keep coming back to this thought where like there are certain mysteries where you're not necessarily supposed to guess it like Mm -hmm. like there's definitely some where you're like where they bring the reader along and you're like okay you know, you can possibly solve this. We've given you all the tools. I think some of the weird ones, especially some of the supernatural ones, like it's a twist. It's a reveal at the mm-hmm. end. You're not supposed to guess. It's like there actually was magic at play or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He could fly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the one I think of is the, the Ace Attorney case that Cam and I have brought up plenty of times. Uh, Big Top. Turn about Big Top. Yeah. Where your, uh, your client is a magician and part of the, the case figures on the fact that uh, there were no footprints, footprints left in the snow at the scene. But your client does not want to give up the fact that he his flying is a trick. So, right. so, yeah, so the, the prosecution. prosecution is using that against him by saying <laughs> he could have he's the only one who could have committed it. Because he so can I, fly. Yeah, yeah. Give, give, up, give up your secret or go to jail. And he's like, I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to prove. And he won't tell you either. So yeah. he's yeah. like, you have to prove that I didn't do it, but... I'm not going to tell you that I can't fly. <laughs> yeah, good game. Speaking of goddamn game. fucking Man, supernatural bullshit in that well, game. The Phoenix Wright is so good about this shit because, like, the last case of, of Game 3 has spirit channeling figures so heavy into how the crime is committed and how you solve it. Yeah. But at that point, you've been shown how that works. You're, so you're yeah, able it's normal to, at that point. Yeah. Uh, so far, I am with this guy, though. I, I prefer the, mm. the, the Ace Attorney cases that are ruled in some type of reality where like you think there's a Loch Ness monster but <laughs> hopefully in the end that there is no Loch Ness no monster. So you like everything to be Scooby-Doo. Uh, instead, yeah. no, I'm, uh, I'm more of a Scooby-Doo. Okay, there's no Loch Ness monster but somebody did fire an, a gun into the water and then jump in the water afterwards yeah. <laughs> to make it look like he was shot. Before Christmas though. <laughs> Before Christmas. Well yeah it didn't happen after Christmas. Yeah. Of course. So technically uh, it wasn't Christmas. No more than one secret room or passage is allowable. <laughs> this is two just secret a... rooms at play is a real <laughs> well <laughs> I don't know I, I think so far I'm you, kind of with, with this guy you're with this guy you got the yeah. you got the ironclad rules I kind of like the idea that like like if you des- if you give reasons for it like if you say at the beginning like for example right um, a real place that we know of that has a bunch of secret passages Gillette Castle was designed yeah. that way because the guy who lived there loved to use it to surprise guests and basically be like, oh, look, aren't I so cool? One of the can... opportunity to kill people should, yeah. should the <laughs> I situation I mean, coincidentally, uh, he played Sherlock Holmes yeah, in a lot did. of uh, plays. Yeah. He, an actor famous and that's for how he had Sherlock so much, Holmes, uh, designs a castle with secret passages. Yeah. Uh, real life is really cool sometimes. <laughs> Dork has too much money. Dork has too much money. It's true. But, like, when you give a reason that a place is full of, like, the extra little bullshit, I do end up liking it. Like, um, 
uh, when you talk about how places that were built on top of other places, like things that are not necessarily made to be full of secrets, but just end up that way naturally. Coincidentally full of secrets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how it happens, though, a lot yeah. of the time. I, I tend to like that sort of thing. Uh, as long as it's as long as you come up with something a little bit more creative than just having someone pull out a book uh, to, to spin the bookcase <laughs> around, you know? Yeah. Like, we gotta uh, get one of those. Although I did, uh, this isn't a tech detective thing at all, but I did love that shit in um, Bloodborne where uh, in the in the uh, Kanehurst archives, you yeah, they have lift a, the bookcase up they, from behind. They have a couple book sh- bookshelf shortcuts, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different kind of yeah, story. They so break that okay. rule in Bloodborne. Yeah. Then it's thematic, though. Once yes. you have enough, like if you have like five or six, then it's part of the world. If it's just every door in your house, yeah. then it's not divided a bookcase. No hitherto undiscovered poisons may be used nor any appliance that will need a long scientific explanation at the end. I have had this happen so many times in it's, stories. It's the heard. old, you know, I took the thing that stopped my heart so you think I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, off. so basically no deus ex machina. Well, not even just no deus ex machina. Nothing it's that like, would take too, much, take nothing, too long to explain. Nothing okay. that you would have to explain to the listener or reader how it works at the end of the story. Like as a opposed life to, model decoy. Okay. Yeah. What fucking, is, oh my God, Marvel Comics are so bad. Doom, doom <laughs> bots. Yes. What is the law that says the simplest ex, ex, Occam's. That's Occam's ex, Razor. What, Occam, Occam's Razor. Yeah, yeah, man. We're talking about oh, Gillette Castle, stumbling. Occam's Razor. <laughs> Got shaving on the brain today. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but that goes al- along with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the explanation is... shouldn't be a gun that can shoot through like like waves at or a you gun or... that can kill the past. Yeah, yeah, a gun <laughs> that kills the past. A gun that bends around and shoots there yourself. Is, um, <laughs> there's a, a bit. I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit, and I'm probably going to when we if we do immediately get our uh, uh, our game of the year thing at the end of the year, I am going to talk about this again. But the Great Ace Attorney, the the one that takes place in the early uh, late 18th century or late 19th century, rather, early 20th century, um, you there is a guy who is like a mad scientist character who's like, I've made a teleportation machine. I'm like, all right, these series can get pretty wacky, uh, whatever. But then one of the characters comes up to you and he's like, look, I know you're not a scientist, you're a lawyer, so I'm going to tell you, that machine does not work. If he tries <laughs> to tell you that that machine works and that he teleported someone, he's lying to protect his ass. Mm-hmm. And it features in the case That's that funny. there is a fake teleportation machine that somebody's trying to hoodwink people with at the, in the, towards the turn of the century. Yeah. And that made it more fun. Because that turned out, I mean, maybe this goes back to the supernatural thing, but I would be way more disappointed if that turned out to be real yeah. than how the fakery yeah, made it more true. fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I, that's what I'm I'm, that's why I'm on, on board with this guy so yeah. far. I think that this, four out of four. You might want to temper your expectations before this next one. I was hoping he'd be more like only I can make a funny, you know, <clears throat> partner-based detective story. Commandment number five: No Chinaman may figure in the story. Oh, <laughs> there he goes. Okay. Off, off the rails. Ooh, boy. I guess it's relevant that. This was made in the 1920s. <laughs> well, yes, I'm trying to agree here. No, <laughs> the thing that makes this. I think I see like what he is trying to say. Yeah, oh, dare we dwell in? No, what he's trying to say is that, to. is that foreign powers should not be the solution to your crime. It shouldn't be that the Chinese did it. I don't think that, it. that's what he's. You trying what do you to think say. he's saying? He's saying there shouldn't. I, I think yeah. he's saying <laughs> that he's racist thing. in the 1920s, where there was an influx of Chinese immigrants into the U.S. But why would that have? What would that have to do with the quality of the story? He doesn't he's like so them. Racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen like 
academic this, analyses of these what, before. Was this like referring to a particularly like? No, big... he wasn't. He wasn't like subtweeting a novel he didn't like or something. Okay. He, I think he was oh, trying yeah. to say like, look, me and all these other mystery writers, Every we know good how to make story good stories. Should just have <laughs> white people in it. Is what he's saying. Yeah. So why would he? I only banned one race. Look how progressive I am. Yeah, that's that is See, good. why would he use Chinese people specifically as an example if it's because he's talking about a foreign power in the sense that like then you he know, should you just could, say that no foreign powers should feature. You no, he's not going to say that in the 1920s. He's going to say don't use the stereotype of the Chinaman. We all know what happens when you have a story with the Chinaman in it. The Chinaman's always the villain. Can you stop saying that. <laughs> okay. I understand where you're coming from here, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Six. No accident must ever help the detective, nor must he ever have an unaccountable intuition which proves to be right. Oh, <laughs> Special Agent Dale Cooper can't exist. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I I agree with the second statement, but not the first. I think accidents suit. can help you, but yeah, to be burn divine intervention to uh, help you with something is always kind of whack. I do kind of like the uh, the intuition helping the detective. I think I'm, I really love the kind of like imp- in, intuition, premonition kind of stuff. I just did the whole deadly premonition thing, which is, has a ton of that. But what I like about it is, you know, having trouble interpreting your own like like kind of weird like psychic connections or, or whatever you're getting going on. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, this. Like, I mean, th- this is precedented in like any mystery where a character has a hunch that is right yeah like that you can get really broad with it i think and like i don't know but i think your hunches are always one way or another based on some information or whatever you know but like instead of like oh i checked on this painting and the the guy was back there um later in this uh, ten commandments list he brings up holmes that shit he does that shit all the time Mm. like that is a constant like holmes breaks I think four of the five rules we talked about so far. Because... He's, chi- he's Chinese. <laughs> no, he, um, uh, the anything, nor any appliance that will need a long scientific explanation at the end. Sure, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle loved doing that. He loved to be like, oh, well, Sherlock Holmes noticed this one thing that you, the reader, didn't, and, but he didn't tell you that, and we didn't tell yeah. you that. And Holmes only noticed it because he is an omnidisciplinary scientist who, who is all these <laughs> things. the smartest man on earth. Yeah, smartest man on earth. <laughs> who uh, loves to play dress-up as the police sometimes. Um, what do we got for seven? The detective himself must not commit the crime. <laughs> oh, bullshit. <laughs> that's, I, I, it's funny that that story, that would keep showing up in several stories. He's like, guys, come on. I can think of on. a couple examples. One of, um, one of my favorites is one that is not technically a mystery story, but I mean... Planescape Torment, man. Yeah, everything <laughs> is your fault. It's you that did it's it. It's you the whole time. Every <laughs> Is Silent Hill 2 a uh, detective story? Okay, that's, you know, that's kind of a... Who a did this way. to my wife? Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, like, I can see where he's coming from, but I, I love this one. Like, I, yeah. I would never yeah, that's, want to stop that's doing this. Uh, like at the same, like at the beginning, where it's like, nor anyone whose thoughts we the reader have been allowed to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys remember people complaining about Heavy Rain when that game came out? Oh yeah, it's uh, no, I think everyone liked it. John, <laughs> one of the things that people John. complained about is that there is no time left Jeez, in the story uh, for the murderer to commit the murder in between times where you're playing as them. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it's like, uh, oh, at the big, at the end, there's supposed to be a big reveal where he turns out. 
to be the murderer. But it's like I was playing as him during that there. scene, and I didn't kill him. So how is how is that? How is that That's work? a classic David Cage yeah. blunder. Yeah. Oh man, I wonder how much some, of that just had to do with the uh, game development. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, this guy most of it has to do with David Cage. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Eight. The detective must not light on any clues which are not instantly produced for the inspection of the reader. What? He must not light. On he, them? he must not. Okay. Yeah. So if the if he, the detective notices something but it isn't given to the person reading the book. Yeah. Like like the thing Nick was mentioning yeah. where where Sherlock oh. Holmes saw the the thing, but yeah. Yeah, it's the reveal at the it. end. Sherlock yeah. Holmes knows the breed of dog that's in the Hound of the Baskervilles, but, but they don't, don't point it out. Yeah, like when he's there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but in Sherlock Holmes, it makes a little bit more sense because you're seeing, the, I mean, at least Watson's in, perspective. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're looking through Watson's perspective. But if you're reading as, like, if you're following the detective in the book, I think that makes sense. Hmm, yeah. Oh, man, some of the stuff that I actually kind of like about that is happens in the Witcher books, which are not really detective uh, stories. Yeah, but he does do, detecting. He does do a little He's detecting a all the time. He's like a like monster <laughs> detective. Uh, but um, I actually really do like that uh, Geralt shows himself to be like kind of smarter than the reader because he doesn't say every single time he notices something that like a monster would do, this is what a monster does. Yeah, Until, like him being an expert, yeah. you you wouldn't remark you, like you'd keep a lot of a little bit of that internally. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's an entire arc where um, they meet a vampire. Oh, I love um, that story. Yeah, that story with Regis, is so good. and um, so Regis is a vampire. A Regis. Regis. Um, Regis. I think. It's, I think it's the, I it was the uh, yeah. wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, that guy. Okay, Just the, like the audio book I read uh, pronounces some things different. Like, like the, instead of saying dandelion, uh, he dandelion. says dandelion. Dandelion. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember how they say I it love in the, the game. voice that he gives Geralt in those other Oh, it's a really good voice. Dandelion. I'm yeah. a witcher. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good voice for Geralt. Um, but and, um, anyway, so he's a vampire, and Geralt knows the whole time. Yeah. He's just not doing shit about it. And yeah. then there's this whole um, refugee camp who's like, there's a fucking vampire around here, and we're going to catch him. And then they're um, accusing... Like, Is it you? Are you the vampire? And we're just like, I am a vampire, but I'm not... The no, he doesn't, even ask he doesn't even ask him. He just knows the whole time, and yeah. he just shuts the fuck up about it. And everybody's like... Geralt, why don't you help them with this? And he's he's just like, it's not my business. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna do it. And then my yeah, friend's it's too cool. literally your business, yeah. dude. So it, they don't His tell you. His friend is too cool. Um, Sapkowski doesn't tell you that Regus is a vampire. There's some weird shit, but he doesn't tell you Geralt noticed this or Geralt knows that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they do. I think that. I th yeah, I think you, you can very easily break this for dramatic yeah, tension or intrigue or whatever. Respecting the intelligence of the reader. Speaking of which, number nine. Never yeah. respect the intelligence of the reader. <laughs> the stupid friend of the detective, the Watson, uh, must not conceal any thoughts which pass through his mind. His intelligence must be slightly, but very slightly, below that of the average reader. Wow. <laughs> wow. You need to have a dumb guy. Huh. Well, this is, uh, Cam, this is something that I know we talked about when it comes to having Robin in a Batman show where you got to have somebody that doesn't instantly know the solution to the things mm. that Batman is doing yeah. so that Batman can explain why he's doing them. That's yeah. why the, the doctor always has a companion in Doctor Who also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's like you, you this is like a, a basic a storytelling thing in general, right? Where if you have a singular protagonist and they're not talking to anyone, it can get a little... It could get a little like uh, dry. You can get, get sort of get the feeling that your protagonist doesn't. Yeah, it'll be any, too artsy. Doesn't have anything going on in their own head. It's mm. something that Disco Elysium does so well. Is you're yeah. in this crazy world with a totally different alternate history, and the only way to 
explain why your partner would have to explain to you what a car is like is that you have no fucking idea what's going on <laughs> yeah. at all they You're, kind of flip that on its head too you had the best night ever the previous night or the yeah. worst night ever depending mm-hmm. on who you talk to well. <laughs> you're the protagonist, but you're kind of the lead guy, and Kim yeah, is sort of your sidekick, but yeah. he's the smarter one because you yeah. don't remember shit. Yeah. It's they weird how that. much he defers to you. I'm sure they go into it later in the story, but. Mm-hmm. You got there first. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's more to it. Yeah. You sure yeah, did get there first. And it also has to do with Kim's personality on his own as well. Yeah. Where he's yeah. not the type. And you can see this also in his political ideology, where he's like, I'm not one to take sides. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he does explain. Uh, a bit where he's like well they wanted to have a pissing contest so i volunteered so that they couldn't have a pissing contest yeah, yeah, yeah i volunteered like to come here so that they wouldn't be mad about it all right number 10 twin brothers and doubles generally <laughs> must not appear unless we have been yeah, duly prepared i like for this them. guy now yeah <laughs> i'm back okay uh, here's a note stories. on the website I'm reading it on. It says, "In truth, most of these rules have become outdated in current history fiction." That's funny. <laughs> outdated on, or just broken? I uh, I'm I'm obsessed. I love the surprise twin. It is one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> I I'm really into it. Yeah, if I it's thought not a they were going to do uh, a double reverse one of these in Disco Elysium because they tell you a character has a twin and they never bust him out. Yep. Uh, wow. Which is great. That's yeah. crazy. They, they it's it's a good tease for something that they don't ever really need to pull the trigger on. Because why yeah. would they? It's, yeah. That's not I this think kind I encountered that conversation, but I can't remember who it was. It's uh, Everard and Edgar. Are oh, I ple- just got yeah. that dialogue. I was like, oh, oh I got yeah, it. Okay. No, Edgar. I didn't yeah. encounter that. Well, well there's suspicion because they never see him in the same place that it's just him well, pretending to be someone else. But the because thing that they... differentiates them is the lazy eye, which right. is, I guess, is Oh, wait, no, no, no. Joyce told me that. Joyce told me that. They're, they're, they do this whole shtick to yeah. like get around the term limits of being in charge of the union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they are both <laughs> they're and, identical and twins. That's side of the one. And there's another thing about that specific uh, instance, which is that you can talk to somebody who knew both of them as kids. Mm. But yeah. how reliable is that person? Because one of the things about Disco Elysium that we'll get to uh, when we transition to the second segment in like one minute is that characters lie to you all the time, that's right. mm-hmm. which I, I like. And that's something that I think sh- kind of should be on here or our surprise isn't on here is that like characters lying is something that people get weirdly mad about in detective stories. It's like, Hey, wait a minute. He said he was here when he was here. Why, why didn't he, that's not, that's not he true. Wasn't, he's it's like, like, yeah, of course they lie. In, in video games, especially, I think oh, it's like people aren't, people are, people expect you, an NPC to be a truth bot and always say like the king lives in the castle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The ne- but, the NPC is the one who sits there and gives you information, right. and it's uh-huh. correct yeah. information. Yeah, you can go to the Pokemart to buy a potion. Everyone yeah. is. A He's tool. not lying to me. Tool for me to use. Yeah, but uh, before we dive right into it, let's just take a quick break. anymore 
The song of death is sweet and endless. But what is this? Somewhere in the sore, bloated man meet around you. A sensation. Like a fly to the ointment, your conscience sticks to it. The limbed and headed machine of pain and undignified suffering is firing up again. It wants to walk the desert, hurting, longing, dancing to disco music. The stench of liquor rises from your mouth, and with it, an ungodly headache. We are oh. back, listeners, to talk about disco. You're picking up really loud. Back at medium volume. Back at medium volume. We're recording in a new about, area. Can you tell? That's right. You Room can tell time. because it's bouncing off the walls in a different way. It's different. Yeah. The vibrations you hear now but I also are different have than previous vibrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, recording isn't supposed to be this bad. This unnourishing. Something's <laughs> wrong. What's that? You've been yelling this. I don't recognize the ceiling or what is it? Yeah. No. Oh, this yeah. is a different nice. ceiling. Unfamiliar ceilings. Unfamiliar Good ceiling. Uh, no. Um, uh, we have uh, yanked you out of the void back into the world of sensation. That's right. And uh, uh, we are here to talk about Disco Elysium. So I can give a little history rundown, but first I'd like to ask Alex, why did you choose this game and what uh, what are you thinking about it? Um, well, I think that's the problem. I really haven't stopped thinking about this game since <laughs> right. I played it. Same, same <laughs> um, this is one of those games that you just, like, that really, really stuck with me. And, um, you know, it's only a couple of years old, but... It absolutely has not vanished from my mind at all. It's one of those things that, as we've done the podcast, I've related to it countless times, just filtering my thoughts on various games and or pieces of media through this other thing I really like. And yeah, it's kind um, of like Disco Elysium. Yeah, I had to, I, I just had to pull the trigger on it. It was something that uh, I also didn't have a better idea for this week's episode, but... I think it was. I think it was. It was about time. I think. There's nothing. I think we've also shown a little more uh, willingness to do things in more than two hours. Yeah, I think this is a rougher ask lately. Yes. When it first came out, we were like, "Oh shit, we can never do Outer Wilds for an episode because we'd have to do the whole game." Right. Yeah. Broke the glass on that. Two years later, here we are. Somebody asked us nicely, and we did all of Outer Wilds. Now I was asking. Yeah. Um, I have something for everyone. Um, we'll uh, have uh, we'll have to get a photo because this is a, uh, a very visual thing. Okay, um, but I'm going to pass these out to all of you. All right. For each one of our hosts, we have a horrific necktie. Yay! Yes. Nice. Hell yeah. Pass them around. All right. What, what um, and then just pass one back to me. Oh, I don't want to choose. I want my you, necktie to be chosen that? for me. I chose for no, you. No, I want that one. No. Nope. All right. Uh, don't judge my ne- actually, yeah, my not tying. 
I'm I'm really oh, bad no. at tying ties. Oh yeah, this is hideous. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of Goodwill. Or, yeah. Oh okay. I am making the expression right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very not clean. So yeah, who's that guy? Does it smell like? <laughs> uh, I know him. <laughs> you know him. Yeah. I What's his name? Uh, no, these uh, are definitely uh, some perception check, lying this. check failed. <laughs> I like the. Uh, I had a lot of fun trying to find the most fucked up ones. Yeah, on these the are pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Seth I, I, got one that she would actually buy. I went for the one that I thought was the <laughs> ugliest. <Just> kidding. <laughs> I actually like that one. It's, it's like we- a, that one is weirdly thick. Yeah, this one's. I, it's yeah, like it's, made it's got a, a strange texture this one's to like it. It's made out of the, of the, the covering for a couch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, big time. That's so strange. Yeah, Nick has grandma's couch necktie on. <laughs> uh, so Alex. So yeah, don't yeah. let me forget to get a photo, and we'll have to post it. But we're all wearing our um, horrific neckties. Yes. Uh, the, this is something that the character wears, and very early on, you can accidentally kill yourself trying to get your tie. <laughs> Um, and it's really highlighted how bad the neck. There's like three paragraphs about how yeah. ugly the tie is. Yep. And if you pass a check early on, your tie will talk to you for the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I did. I did get. Which yeah. I didn't, I know didn't get that. I didn't know that was a thing. Yes. And yeah. there's oh really God. good payoff for it much later Insanely in the game. Insanely good payoff. But so much so that I like, like I wished I had. Like, I was, like, basically ignoring everything my tie said, and then the one time I listened to it, it ended up paying off in such a huge way. I'm like, oh, god damn, I should have done everything. <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, maybe that's why he was such a good detective before, was he had a magic necktie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one voice that's, like, real. Is <laughs> but, yeah, this this was is one of my absolute favorite games, and um, it kind of opened me up to playing a lot more computer RPGs, so I have Disco to thank for enjoying a lot of other games. Uh, Is that what CRPG stands for? Yes. yes. I thought computer it was role playing game. RPG. Um, yeah. I think some people use it as classic RPG as well, but yeah. it's really Crazy. more computer RPG. I think, like, Western RPG is also a way to, to define it, because, yeah. like, Japanese RPG means a very different thing. <laughs> yes, as we've talked about with the distinction before, yeah. where uh, the Japanese RPG tends to go for What's important about D and D is the numbers and the uh, and um, you know like having a having hit points and defense and spells and a Western RPG is more like what's important is that I can have sex with the elves. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like D and D in that I'm I'm picking a character to role play right, as. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So that's kind of where the split goes, and from those two paths, you can see entire genres form around them. Yeah. Where. Uh, you get Japanese Elder Scrolls RPG, and then yeah. you get Final Fantasy. Yeah, Japanese very RPGs have priorities. the biggest numbers and the most graphics now to the point where now they uh, get stuck in development hell forever uh, if they want to be that or they get like so into their own art style and mechanics. And then Western RPGs do the exact same thing in a different way where they're like, well, because every choice you make has to matter... Uh, all of a sudden we made a game that is going to take 1,000 years to develop <laughs> because uh, every time uh, someone asks you if you're okay and you say, I'm fine, uh, that is requires hundreds of man hours of bringing someone in to record <laughs> that line, uh, the different intonations for every uh, voice you could possibly have or character you could possibly design or who you could be saying it to or where you could be saying it. And actually we cut the level where you said it this time. So now we have to call them back again and get a different recording of them saying, I'm fine to someone else. Say you're fine, but this party member died. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But you just put that into your work. I'll say everything after this. I brought this forward for us because I am such a big fan of it, but I wanted to see kind of what everyone's path through it would be because this it, this game really changes based on what stats you decide to emphasize and which skill checks you manage to complete 
different successfully. people are going to approach the same problem in different ways because of what they can do, but also because of what they might think to do. Yes, or just their luck. Yes, yeah. that's a giant factor in real life as well. Yeah. Sometimes somebody is going to get lucky at something that otherwise they might not be able to do, which is a very yes. funny way. Luck works in the detective's favor in this game. Yes, perhaps. absolutely. Or their detriment. Uh, but yeah, I guess I don't have too much more to say uh, about it. I'm going to give a little bit of history on this game because this game does have an interesting history. Yeah, when did this so this is um, this game came out in 2019. It is the uh, the freshman effort of uh, game studio Z A U M Zaum Z A slash U M. they are these guys veterans of the game industry or are they brand new? They are not veterans of the game industry. They, like the people uh, the, themselves? The people themselves are not Holy veterans of the shit. game industry. Guess what they are doing? They tried to do for their first game. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so the main heads of the studio were a, uh, a writer and a musician. And uh, they talked about it. Uh, and after the, the studio, well, the guy who eventually became the studio lead, uh, he wrote a book. Uh, I wish I could remember the title because it's a really, really good title. Uh, great and Terrible Air, I believe. It's, it's something, something like that. that. Yeah, wow. I looked this up yes. and, and um, it was based on a TTRPG homebrew. Yeah, it's where a lot of the but, world building detail comes from. Yes. You can tell like this comes yes. based so on a book based yeah. on a tabletop RPG. Well, it's not game. really based on the book, but the setting de- a lot of the setting details end up being from the This book, is a world right? that is so elaborately built, it has to have been based on something. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can really tell when you're playing this that yes. they have a ton of world building already set. That they cram in everywhere. So the book comes out. It doesn't doesn't do, doesn't do too well. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't, and uh, the um, uh, the creator goes into a uh, uh, it's kind of a, a depressive spiral that not unfamiliar to the ones that the character goes through in this game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, talks to his musician friend, and I believe it is the musician friend's son who said, uh, "Well, you know how to write books. Why don't you just write a video game?" Like like it like he you know in try in a kid trying to be helpful way of like. Oh, that's what kids. I don't like, like book. That's what kids I like. like. Video games. Yeah. yeah, you should do something that, that people like. Don't <laughs> let a kid play like. this video game. By yeah. the way, that's yeah, fine. Um, I was trying to figure out like uh, whose foot I was hitting, but it's actually uh, Seb's cat. Uh, <laughs> uh, Faye is Faye joining from us the today. Hit series Cowboy Bebop. Um, yes. Yeah, Faye Netflix. coming soon to live uh, action. Yeah. Um, actually named after Faye from Cowboy Bebop, but that yes. that one um, after the Netflix but, one. Yeah. Uh, so this is a bunch Jet is of hiding. a bunch of Estonians who are living in Britain, who made this game. And man, can you tell? There's a perspective that comes through, a very yes. specific Eastern European perspective you yes, get from absolutely. some of the political um, philosophy and a general tenor of the world, I think. If someone is uh, writing a story uh, about politics from the UK or from the US, you can tell which country they grew up in by the way the story is, for the yeah. most part. Um, Obviously, I'm not saying that uh, someone from either of those countries can't be worldly, but, uh, you know, where you grew up is going to affect your worldview in in significant ways. And in a lot of ways that you can't really check. Like, I I think it's definitely, you definitely have an ability to put aside your own upbringing, but it will influence you in ways that you cannot really determine. Just like like, this game. Yeah, I like to try to spot Slav games from, like, five miles away because they have a certain Uh, air about them. I love to spot them by the clipping that their models are doing. Oh yeah, the Eurojank. They're so good. But they tend to be kind of bleak and depressing, a lot of them. I'm so obsessed with that perspective in games, and we don't get a lot of games from like non-US or non-Japanese perspectives, I think. It's Mm -hmm. it's just so cool to see um, groups from other countries putting their own spin on 
the kinds of stuff that we're used to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they bet it all on this game. They, they certainly did. <laughs> they really uh, didn't a, think it was going to succeed, and it's a, a, it's a real success story, though. There's a really funny side quest in this game that basically details a slightly fictionalized version of what they were doing yeah, with this game. Yeah, the kind of developer insert is hidden within the doomed commercial district side quest. Yeah, where it's a failed game studio that was making like radio <laughs> games. And they failed because they oh. were too ambitious. And <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah could have happened to them. That and I didn't put two yeah, and two like, oh, together. They were, they were spending like... 500 man hours a month on on like uh, all the different describing all the different hats your character could wear was one of the things. <laughs> yeah, there's wanted. a great great spot towards the end of. I think you have to even come back after you get some other knowledge, mm-hmm. but um, you find out that like very late in development, one of the studio heads wanted to put in this feature that would absolutely crush them with like a, extra work, but it was cool, so they wanted to do it, and <laughs> that they failed. They couldn't do it. Damn. But so much of this game comes out of that. It comes, it comes from a very like like a tabletop RPG and a writerly idea of like this is we want to communicate with the world what you know uh, we we have our story that we want to tell, and uh, and they do a really fun interesting job of it. Um, they offer a unique perspective. I like the people compare this game to Planescape Torment. Uh, Alex and I have compared this game. To the, Planescape yeah, Torment. the influences are very clear, um, but it, they do their own thing with it for sure. Uh, you are an amnesiac that is responsible for a lot of bad things that happened, uh, both in your past and in uh, the world. But they go in a very di- different direction with it. I think it's uh, a clear influence, but. Uh, this is its own work. It's not an homage. It's not a full homage. Yeah, but um, you play as our, at the beginning, unnamed detective uh, waking up from the uh, insane bender that we described at the beginning of the show. You drank yourself into oblivion. You've uh, uh, also been and on drank screen. and snorted and smoked yeah. and sh- uh, shot did it all. way into... Put so much stuff in you. Yeah. You don't even remember what a car is. Yeah. <laughs> You have experienced complete ego death at the hands of many drugs, and uh, when you wake up, you need to have it all explained to you. You, gotta you need s- to get a reality lowdown. You need to get a reality <laughs> lowdown. You need to get your clothes from the places that they are strewn across your room. You need to figure out uh, you why. Use, you use your forensic skill to determine that you threw your shoe out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, it took me all day to get my shoe back because I, I didn't I walked realize out, that I walked out that balcony like the first thing and I'm like well, I guess that's where my other shoe went I didn't, I didn't like determine <laughs> yeah you can do mentally. ballistics analysis yeah, on the window I, I did that yeah <laughs> I couldn't figure out where the door to the balcony was until the end of the day yeah that's that's what I did because mm. I went the other direction first and I was like that, how do I get to the balcony Which and then I came back at the end of the day Kim saying at the end of the day debrief why don't you wear any shoes because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also took them off to do the jump to get my yeah. jacket so I had been walking around like all day with no pants and no shoes. Yeah, I was on. walking around with one shoe on, and he didn't say anything. But we're, we're definitely going to get into it. But this is a very, very mechanics-heavy game for how narrative-focused it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what what makes this interesting as a game with uh, a very heavy story focus and no real combat. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of crunch. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. this is a CRPG, but you could be you could mistake it for a point-and-click game. Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, 
So when we talk, there's about a lot going on torment, under the hood. Something I think. that many people have observed about Planescape Torment is that the combat isn't very good in it, despite the fact <laughs> yes. that you have, it is that built, is the caveat. That is the is, one thing. It is built on top of Baldur's Gate, a game that people love for its combat, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not that holds up. It's not really important yeah. at this point. But like, uh, people are like, "Oh yeah, Planescape Torment, like the the, com- the combat, it's there and it's yeah. fine. It's you cheat to get through the combat, yeah, so you can see the story, so that you can read the nice story <laughs> that people wrote, but." In this game, the, the gameplay and story are so connected to each other, you could never divorce them from each other. Because how you get around, how you walk to a character is important. How you like, how you meet them for the first time, what kind of person you are, because that's what your stats are, is determining how you're interacting with every character in this world. Uh, the it's, insane a, it's a power- true nightmare of that your actions make people think differently about you yeah, this <laughs> like, is, this what is a camp, horrible this is world to live in. <laughs> yeah i had a um, i had a permanent uh negative one or minus one on one of my skill checks because when i first talked to the guy it said i was weak like <laughs> I, I guess i tried to make too many concessions to him or be too nice so if i tried to intimidate information out of him I would always have a minus one on right. Yeah, he already knows that that's not what you're well, that's, like. Yeah, because that's he's gonna remember yeah. how you are, and just like in real life, somebody is going to you don't get to control for the most part what perceptions somebody has about you in their head. You can try to manage it. <laughs> if you make a bad first impression, people remember it. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting way of gamifying a real life experience that lots of people have had, which such as making a bad first impression or saying like like. You know, if you accidentally call your teacher mom, you're never going to forget. <laughs> yeah. You're never going to forget it, right? But uh, it, it's an incredible to see a game that makes that experience uh, a forever part of the gameplay. <laughs> on the uh, Gorley and Rust podcast, I bring it up all the time, but um, one of my favorite podcasts, they talk about Paul is a very sentimental person, one of the hosts, and he brings up um, one of his classmates was known as che- Cheos for his whole high school career because oh, he said that instead of chaos. Oh, <laughs> it was Cheos no. for the rest of his four years of his life. Oh, no. He just blew it, dude. Uh, <laughs> you blew the roll on the perception check of uh, what word that is. And there's a, fucked up. In, in the pronunciation game, you can tell later on in the game that a guy is a racist because of the way that he pronounces Revachol. Uh, uh, if you pronounce Revachol with a hard hard k or hard c sound that's like a like it was never really owned by white people totally but people who think that like the kind of people who are like returned to tradition in our world in oh, this yikes. world do the hard hard c sound and they're like welcome to revical yeah secret, so, secret yeah, dog whistling is the term it, yeah, right? yeah dog whistling kind of thing so like you know when somebody does that to you later on you can be like hey you're that racist guy aren't you and he'll be like uh <laughs> I don't know if I would say racist. And Kim's like, yeah, he's the racist guy. Um, I like race science. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, there's well, they, Measurehead. They do a lot of great stuff with that. It's, oh, yeah. Um, it, it's a, uh, this game has a lot of... It's a very political game. It has a lot of perspectives on politics. And it isn't just critical of the political ideologies that suck and are bad, like fascism. It kind of just takes that as... It takes that for granted. They... The game trusts you to understand that fascists are petty little people that suck. Yeah. Um, but still lets you be one, which is important. Yes. I was about to say, Nick, Nick brought up a very subtle uh, detail that can tell you that a guy is a racist. But the first racist, you, or the second racist you encounter, yes. um, 
is named Head Measurer. Measurehead. Measurehead. And he is a phrenologist. And he is, very as he says, a that. race realist, which yeah. is a thing that real yeah, people say in their real life, yeah. and it sucks yeah. then, too. Jesus also, like Christ. in real life, sometimes you cannot talk your way out of the racist unless you pretend to agree with them. Yeah. But now, obviously, you don't want to do that, so there are, of course, other ways of getting past Measurehead than yeah. doing that. But... If you are willing to lie or horrifyingly willing to just be a fascist racist, you can get past him if you, like, uh, uh, say his stuff at face value. Yeah. Head value. Yeah. I, yes. I tried to lie my way past him, um, but then Kim was like, excuse me, what are you doing? And Kim, your sidekick, is... Um, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of he's a, coded as Asian, but yeah. it's a it's a bit of a pastiche in this game. They, fantasy, fantasy Asian. Yeah, he, he is yeah. a minority, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's, like, not native to, like, his, like, great-grandparents or yeah. grandparents or something weren't native yeah. to there. But he's lived there their, his mm-hmm. entire life. But, um, but um, um, we're skipping a little bit oh, of this, okay. the setup. Uh, sure, should, yeah. We, should, we should, should talk say. about our skills uh, yeah. and how those factor in. Wasn't there a crime or something? Yeah, what, what do you, you do were, after that? So, uh, you were called here. Something that you figure out immediately is that you were called here. <laughs> You're supposed to be some kind of policeman. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> you were called here to solve a crime, but you have not even retrieved the body from where it was hanging <laughs> in a tree outside your room. For a whole week. Yes. Um. So... There is a there is a man hanging with a cargo strap for a shipping container mm. by his neck, uh, who has been hanging there for for almost a whole week, at the beginning of the game, uh, and you need to figure out who killed him and why, and uh, there are many mysteries tied up in that that but like because getting information out of anybody in this town is hard because we're in the middle of a strike. Yes. The the, the dock workers are striking. And there are a bunch of scabs outside demanding to be let in. And the company that they're striking against has a representative uh, sitting in the harbor on a boat outside. And uh, the one of the things that is very important about this morning that you wake up after having complete experienced ego death on <laughs> is that the, the, one of the neighboring police departments has sent someone to help you with the investigation. Yeah, Mostly it's a joint like effort. A joint effort. So two, two uh, people from different departments are working together on this case and he has never met you before uh so, really great so you detail. can make a great first impression on him <laughs> oh, by yeah. asking him if you know his name if he knows your name <laughs> am i a cop and what is a cop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a really great detail about the partnership is that it's not because they're well they are fighting over jurisdiction but not because they both want it it's because both precincts don't want to have to deal with this so they each sent a guy or something they've like compromised yes. and mm-hmm. both having to go oh um I, I we didn't super clarify that the, the crime well the union basically runs the town they yeah, have yeah. their own sort of law yes, enforcement yes. i should say that, um, that there is not like a police that's, station yeah that's why that doesn't that exist and that's, that's why, why it's so had, hard to yeah, get right. information that's is, why they the union to, runs right, the town you guys are talking over here. that's why they sorry for each other time yeah it's it's interesting that it's that you are not really like a lot of characters call it out as like you're the law, but like there aren't really. On, yeah, this like, is really. like you are a, a the you are a member of the RCM, the Rebushal Citizens Militia. You are like a governmental body imposed on these people after a failed revolution. Mm-hmm. They don't acknowledge you as authority because they resent that you have to be the authority. Yeah, um, it it's 
this is a really rich setting and there's a lot of world building I don't want to get too in the weeds on, but it's so important to the overall setting and it's, it yes. could even be motivation for the murder. It, it factors into all of that stuff. So it's important. Yeah. Um, this kind of union versus corporate stuff is both political and important to the case. So yeah. you get a really good excuse to uh, f explore all of it and articulate how you feel about it mm -hmm. and... It's a great way to fold all of that in, I think. You're so, investigating a murder if we haven't said that's that. That's right. So that's the world building and story setup. But how you build your character is insanely important. We're going to be talking about that a lot. So a little brief setup from that. Alex, you have it open on your phone. Oh, I, I do. Believe. Let me pull it up. Um, oh, there boy. are... That is that is not good for sound. Little kid. Yeah. Oh, we got a cat on the table. Cat on table. Oh, no, there she goes. Like I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It was just the only way I could do it. Let her go. Let her go. drop her. Criminal escapee. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are something like four or five. There are four like base like, stats that factor into uh, like fifteen four. stats, yeah. something like that, or fifteen different skills, um, and they're generally separated into four categories. Um, they're like your mental stats, which I'm not going to read through all of them, but. Your like logic, your uh, drama, your using encyclopedia. Your, using your brain in a rational way. Yes, pulling from part. your memory or um, using your brain to tell if someone's lying or your forensic skill, which is your visual calculus. When somebody says use your head, this is what they're talking yes. about. Those are that's anything that could be accompanied accompanied by that phrase is is within the the like in, intelligence or whatever stat. Yep. And then we have the kind of psyche, psyche your cerebral stats, which are more how, uh, abstract. Your like empathy, your how you authority. To people. It's it's pretty much always how you relate to people. It's yes. your suggestion. Yeah. The ability to convince people. The ability to relate to uh, people. Yep. Threaten people. Threaten or people. Um, this also this one also has the houses the inland empire, which is your imagination or That's your, your Dale Cooper skill. Yeah. That's what talked to me the most for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't okay. know what I did wrong to get that. <laughs> it, I think it is the most out there stat. It is one of my favorites. Okay. That is. Yeah, it lets you talk to the dead guy. Yep. It is the one that presupposes a little bit more mysticism in the world. Mm -hmm. That breaks one of the rules in that it, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, that skill always assumes that there's a, something supernatural at play. Well, well but some of the so great things about it is that it's not always right. Yeah. yeah. So many th other voices are untrustworthy that I had no reason to trust that one <laughs> well, more than anything else. Uh, all your voices are untrustworthy, actually, which is a fun thing. There's no yeah, even in Encyclopedia always... sometimes. Like, oh, really? Um, you, there's a book you can read, and it'll give you a quiz, and your encyclopedia is trying to help you, and it gives you like all the wrong answers That's yeah, I failed all those yeah. um and then you have your body skills which are more like your your endurance which governs your physical how many hp hp points you have um your electrochemistry which makes you want to take drugs and party but it um, also gives you big bonuses if you do, i was just about to say drugs. is there anything good about that stat? yes it seemed yes. to always be uh, wrong. It, there are a couple times where it chimes in in an actually interesting way but yeah. But Usually also, it is. The, I saw that you could tell like what drugs people were on. Yes, yes. and that is important sometimes. Yes, okay. It definitely is, and also like electrochemistry, just as much as it is um, drugs, it's also like kind of pleasure in general. It's it's yeah. like if you have good electrochemistry, people who are partiers are going to be like you seem like a cool dude. Yeah, you're not a narc out, skill. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you're not a narc. Um, I couldn't figure out why it would let you like if you had higher electric electro chemistry you could wipe the stupid grin off your face in the mirror 
because you it's have your party more, face you have more chemical control over yourself ah, okay that's what i thought at first and then everything else it did was like drugs your body skills also have half light which is your fight or flight which is very interesting it, it will help you either like not it will, it will tell you if you should run or if you should stand your ground uh, which is interesting, but it also has shivers. I think one of the most interesting skills in this the game. The hair on the back of your neck. Yeah, yeah, it is the your connection to cities and the places around you. So it'll give you these really fun vignettes of just what is happening in the world. And sometimes it is relevant, other times it is flavor, but all of the time it is cool. Um, <laughs> and then you have your yellow motorics. stats, which are mostly, yeah, your motorix, which is reaction speed, Hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination. Being um, able to do machines like any... Like, interfacing. Being able to walk yeah. around and do things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, all those other skills are nice, but have you ever tried putting one foot in front of the other? God, it's so hard. Uh, what do they it call also it? The has... Jamrock Shuffle? Yeah. Like, yeah. You move around. Like, why are you walking like that, you weirdo? <laughs> it also has composure, which is important for not busting into tears when you sit on an uncomfortable chair. God. <laughs> That happened to me, and I took damage for sitting in that chair. Yeah. yeah. but So I've only mentioned a handful of the oh skills, God. but these are all of the voices that will be chiming into your yeah. head um, whenever it's relevant, and a lot of the times when it's not relevant. Yeah. <laughs> and they Especially each, when it's not relevant. Each um, one of these can be considered like a party member in another RPG. They are all there to weigh in on basically every decision you make, and the goal is to overwhelm you with information. They want you to be a little... Uh, overwhelmed with all of these guys trying to tell you what dialogue choose. I you think should the make. four of us in this room can relate to um, having to make a decision and being overwhelmed with <laughs> yes. what's happening in our brain. Every part of your brain is telling you to do a different so thing. Uh, every part of my brain is telling me to die. I can certainly relate to having leveled the stat too high and then all of a sudden it starts making all the bad decisions because <laughs> yeah. I did that. that. Yeah, that's me with the drug one. Uh, um, I, I do want to say... Uh, that this is the only game, or at least the most prominent example of a game, where picking your character archetype at the beginning actually affects so immensely like the rest of the game. Yeah, like, what you have leveled up determines... There are a lot of active skill checks where you're picking a thing and rolling a dice, but there are also a lot of passive ones which determine which skills will chime in in a conversation. Yeah. So whatever your character build is will determine... Which one of these basically fifteen to twenty guys talk hear, to you? All yeah. the actions you can make, is and that can your, that can change your perspective. Game, right? I mean, like the events of the game would would still be like there's a dead guy, you got to go to this guy, yes. but it would change your entire perspective are, of what's going yeah. on. Many immutable facts, but a lot of this is very fluid. I would yeah. say. Yep. Um, so Seb, uh, why don't we start off with you? Uh, I wanted to know what you think of the game Disco Elysium. Uh, and I would just like to say, before we get uh, directly into her impressions, uh, Seb was posting that the encyclopedia skill kept chiming in for her, and I was just thinking yeah. about how appropriate that was with how often during the show you will give us little tiny bits of trivia that you know. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, oh, you have this happening all the time in your own head. Yes. Like, oh, they mentioned this country. Well, do they know in this in this time, in this country? This, Did this you know happened? that in Japan, Mario 2? <laughs> <laughs> So, so, yeah, which skills did you emphasize, and how was your path through the game? Um, so I picked the thinker, I think. Mm. I think the thinker. Yeah. I'm thinking mm -hmm. that I yes. thought the thinker. Yes. Yeah, you have a couple archetypes to pick. You can yeah. also individually pick stats. Yeah, I didn't know anything about what any of the stats did, and from what Alex had said about the game before, um, he said that they're kind of named in a little bit of an obscure way. Yeah, um, some of these, a, really unique way. a lot of these directly map to different emotions and impulses that your brain has. Mm -hmm. But 
they're all kind of they all kind of have a flowery name or they don't always yeah. work the way you personally think that they would work yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so i decided to just pick an archetype instead of trying to fumble my way through the stats screen and if i do a replay because i do plan on finishing this mm. and then this is like one of those things where i really actually plan on finishing it she's not just saying that during yeah the i i yeah. say that a lot <laughs> about things that i like and then i don't end up going through and finishing them We'll but probably this, do I, a roundup episode. Of this. I would love to yeah, do. Yeah, I really. Maybe yeah, because we're going to keep this episode spoiler light. I don't know if we've said that, but these uh, Seb and Cam have only played a fair bit of this game, so we're not going to yeah, talk. Yeah, I've gotten game. through. This is a mystery at its core, and we're not going to tip our hands. We're not going to reveal what happens. Yeah, um, I've gotten like halfway through day two, um, and when I first played the game, I. Um, I played it on Friday night, and I was doing that for, like, hours. Like, I couldn't... I could tell you were into it because yeah. you stayed up till, like, 1 a.m. playing. Yeah, it was, like, 1 or 2 a.m., and Nick I had not done anything else. You asked a question or said a, a remark, and then Nick responded, and you said, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because we were both... You did that to me. We were both... And I did that to you, like, half an hour after you yeah. said that. Um, but I was playing it so long, Nick wanted to play the game, and I was stealing it from his Steam, and he's like, hey, can I play the game? And I, I was about to get off and actually buy the game, um, but he bought it for yes. me with, um, we used thank our, you, yeah, our, our uh, podcast thank patrons. You. Yeah, thanks, yes. guys. Um, now we all have Seb, has, Seb owns the game now, Cam well, owns the game. Keep that in mind, Cam bitches about the game for 30 minutes. It is so yeah. But yeah, so I got so sucked into it because I'm a very narrative person, and this game does something I have never seen a game do, which, um, so when you're reading a book, you can get way more into the character's head than if you're watching a movie or, um, you know, Play playing a game. video game. Like, even, even when the video game has you put into the shoes of a person, they don't normally follow so close inside of their head. And this game makes a point to do that, yeah. and it's really amazing how they do that and it's not just like your inner monologue it's like all these voices in your head and i have i mean not to sound like a crazy person but i have an, an inner dialogue and not just an inner monologue like i don't have as many like crazy voices as he have has and i don't have them like well they don't just tell me to do drugs sentences yeah you know? uh, no. it's more like impulses you have that don't come out as fully formed thoughts but just things that you might maybe think no no? Oh, no. No? No, I think in no, I think in sentences. Right. Which is actually really interesting because some people think in sentences, some people think in pictures. And it, it's really yeah, strange. It's static saying kill, kill. <laughs> they kill you. I keep trying to em embrace they oblivion don't. and they won't let me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I actually think it's full sentences. Like I have a, an actual inner dialogue with myself. Um, but it, it's it's me. It's not like some you can other voices. Though. Yeah, I can totally relate with how um, so I'm going to refer to him as Harry because your your actual name is Harry Dubois, whether you choose to end up with that or not, um, or since you are an amnesiac. Tequila Sunrise. Uh, or is it? I don't know. I mean, everybody calls you that. And Raphael Ambrosius Cousteau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, Harry has this kind of fragmented um, personality, and um, I don't know if that's how he was before his ego death or not, hmm. but um, he does, and I just relate to it a lot because it, it – is a bit more how the structure of my brain works than, you know, another representative or representation of the inside of somebody's brain would work. And it, it's just, 
it's really cool. It's just really cool. And all of the different um, aspects of your brain have their own little portrait. And the art in this game is so good. Like, yeah. Yeah. if you look at the models, they're kind of janky. Um, but they're painted over really nice. It's one of those, like, timeless kind of looks where you can tell it doesn't have a lot of polygons. But I mean this in the best way possible. It reminds me of the... Um... The, the series of paintings that somebody did as they were uh, as Alzheimer's progressed and they did a painting of themselves every year. And yeah. the one, the one like the second to last stage, that's what all the portraits in this game look like. It's very, yeah. it's Giger esque almost. Yeah. So I, I definitely think the thought, um, all of the art for the thoughts and the thought cabinet are very Gigery. I think a lot of the portraits of the Giger? individual mm-hmm. Geiger, HR Giger, um, yeah, I think all, all of the individual skills are very, they have very cool looking. We did yeah, a they, whole episode where we kept saying Geiger over and over again. And yeah, now you're well, saying Geiger. Well, that was about, um, it was about the counter. Yeah. Earthquakes. Huh? Yeah, the Geiger counter. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For earthquakes. Yeah. What is the Geiger counter? Uh, that's radiation. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, that's yeah, the one that Richter, goes. Richter is earthquake. Yeah, uh, yeah Richter. Like, like, like the Belmont. Castlevania. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, these these portraits for your, your personifications skills. of your thoughts or whatever and mm-hmm. skills and quotes. Uh, it's Encyclopedia isn't like the fucking inside out guy, nerd guy with glasses and a Yeah, he's on. like a, a guy in the top yeah, half of his... fucked up face with a, like an open book. Like... Yeah, the top half of his face has been replaced by a book and it's in, um, not abstract, but it's very loose painting. It's vague. It's not yeah. like It's very vague and loose, yeah. Even the, the character portraits, when you talk to them, their character, they'll have one of those little portraits and it, it leaves just enough detail to their face for you to fill in. Yeah, you don't really um, know what people look like. Yeah, it'll it'll give you Except a face, but know, it's um, but it's it's really vague. And actually, the the girl at the fruit shop, um, she doesn't have a face at all, oh. which I <laughs> think is don't. yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like a oh, she's just a worker behind the counter. I don't really need to yeah pay attention to her. Um, which I mean, she shouldn't really want you to pay attention. She just wants to read her book. Yeah, that's not really demeaning. It's just like, do yeah. you know what the guy at CVS looks like? Do you, <laughs> no. do you really? No, no, I don't. You don't. Do I you couldn't to? recognize him on the no. no. <laughs> do they no. want you to know? Which is. Weird to me because I'll I'll see people. Um, I used to see people when I was walking around, and they'd be like, "Oh, do you work at AC Moore?" I'm like, "You go to AC Moore so much that you could recognize <laughs> You've been me." In AC Moore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, except from AC Moore. <laughs> yeah, for, for real, it, I mean, it was mostly people who would see me behind the um, the uh, framing counter. But some of them, I'd be like, "I don't recognize you." Have you ever had someone say they recognize you, and you insist that you don't recognize them? Have you ever done that? I've, I've done that. Well, you I, can I, truly destroy like you, 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 you're mistaking me for someone else I, I, I mean I'll, I'll try to filter like would I know this person and be like oh sorry if it was when I was at the movie theater well it's a real power play I, was I don't know you I was in a bad mood once at, at a concert <laughs> um, in the town I went to um, college in and the whole show I was in front of a guy and at the end of the show he says hey what's up and i'm like oh hey he's like do you remember me from class and i just said no and i insisted that i did not know him and like i just his whole personality crumbled Mm. like it was it was cruel but uh you should have said that you forgot him you drank yourself into oblivion i truly didn't remember him though and then later i was like oh i do not no i I don't think i ever told him i'll have people uh, there was a guy at work a few days ago who like i saw him and he saw me and we were like walking. I'm going to the cafeteria, and he's walking away from the cafeteria. And he's yeah. like, "Hey!" And he says my name, and how you doing? 
And I'm like, uh, he, I'm good. It's been a while. And he's like, you yeah, see you later. I'm like, away. I have no idea who that guy was. <laughs> yeah. Not one And clue. it's possible that he mistook you for someone else and you both faked it. Have you ever thought of that? That's He said my name. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a different <laughs> so, one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so back to the game. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I went with the um, thinker stats because I really wanted to go in for the lore because that one had um, encyclopedia, rhetoric, stuff like that and i'm like oh rhetoric that means you can you talk good or uh, you understand talk good rhetoric is yeah. such a fun skill because it's like it's not necessarily your like there are a couple skills that govern your ability to persuade someone but rhetoric is specifically your ability to like absolutely be an asshole as far as debate goes like you are yeah. you are nailing down every detail you are pointing out flaws in their like their debate it's like oh, debate God. team skill it's and not it's like just as useful as debate team is in real life yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. Um, congratulations it's, you're right fuck you yeah. yeah it's you being right fuck you absolutely i was talking to um this guy called um his name is call me manana yes um yeah he's he's a chill dude he's a union guy yeah um yeah he's a union guy and you're talking to him and um, you, you end up talking about political theory and he's like saying all these things that make him sound like a communist. And you're like, so you're a communist. And he's like, yeah, I'm not really a communist. And then you're like, oh, you're just, you have these ideologies that line up with that, but you're too lazy to take action. And he's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, you're, yeah, you're really yeah, nailing down the specifics yeah, of his he's, argument. He's yeah. like a chill dude, though. So he's like, he yeah, I that guess that that's me. That right. You um, you're not shattering his worldview, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Um, so I, I just, I don't even know where to start, really. I mean. It's, yeah, it's a daunting. It's, it's a it's large so, game. The, okay, so there's the narrative. And the narrative is, isn't even like my main thing no, that i, I like know about like your decisions yeah your you don't choices. need to say what the game is about yeah, yeah. yeah. well i i, I, I mean it, this is my impressions so i'm like yeah. i i'm impressed with well, <laughs> the game uh the you art is out. really good yeah, the art great. is really unique the um interface really blends with the the actual environment um it like it it would be weird if the interface was gone like it's mm-hmm. not obstructive at all yeah, it was a deliberate choice to put the like text scroll vertically, um, and specifically yeah. to put it like on the right. Um, or heard, a lot of games. Of yeah, yeah, I heard that this oh, was specifically influenced by Twitter. Yeah. Um, because people <laughs> like to scroll, and the way that the text scrolls okay. like that is. Like you're sense. getting little bits of dialogue is, instead of reading and and then it and, and then it scrolls and down reading. and you get the next bit. Yeah, yeah it's, it it's very intentional, natural. and yeah. I think it's it does, it's it a does lot. Certainly, seem like the old Infinity Engine way of doing things, where they would put all the text in a horrible green font on the bottom, and the center <laughs> bottom of the, the center screen. bottom uh, sucks. I hate yeah, reading really, like that. Really bad way of putting text there. Like I, I understand the necessity of the times. But like, man, are those games like like that is an ugly interface mm-hmm. to do it that way. <laughs> a lot of older RPGs had had like there's like the interface goes around everything and oh, then yeah. in the middle box that's where everything happens like visually mm-hmm. but then you have like this whole big dialogue box on the bottom with a scroll bar and a you can enter things in there and um, yeah, in this game you have a right view which is the text when you're talking with someone and the rest of the screen is devoted to the scene mm-hmm. usually it's framed in in some way or just the game world yeah it's which is funny because like seb saying was saying the character models are so vague and it's a representation yeah yeah which is it's so the dialogue is so more vastly important to the game and then like you're 
the, the most of the screen is just two guys standing. Like I was so zoomed <laughs> yeah. out, like two guys just kind of standing in the middle of a room. Yeah, and sometimes is... like if you pass, if you pass an important check or you do something interesting, you will get a neat animation or yeah. oh, something that, funny happens. That hit my dopamine. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it, it would moving. do this. It would do this. Um, when when you pass the check, it does this nice click and it's green and uh, it's like good, passed, good and noise. I'm like, yeah. Um, good noise. I can't tell you how many times I laughed when the check would roll red. Like, yeah. like it would come up come up bad and I didn't even know what was about to happen. I would just like laugh out loud to myself <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. Yep. Yeah. What, what is he going to do? Yeah, um, <laughs> this game, um, for the most part, you can really fall forward or you can fail forward. Um, there are po points where you can die, you can kill yourself if you run out of health or you run out of morale. I ran out of morale one time by accident. I don't even know what I did. Um, it, no, actually, Kuno kicked me in the balls. Uh, um, and, and then, like, I didn't I, heal my morale fast enough. I think enough. all of us are vulnerable to having our morale destroyed yeah. by children. Oh, I think. oh yeah. Oh, it's never. There's, there's this character, Kuno, and he's a little fucking I wanted fucking to commit shit. police whatever on him you, so yeah. bad. It's an instant game over, but you can shoot him when you find your game. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let you know right what now. What a little right. I'm not going to shoot him, but no, he's, a, he's a little <laughs> fucked. Like, uh, he's and, like, Kuno doesn't care. And he's, like the most abrasive character easily oh yeah but it's so interesting and then his, his that his little uh, girlfriend there kuno s yeah you <laughs> is that a name yeah, that's you, her name is kuno s as you play more and if you have like an ungodly empathy stat you can really start to figure him out mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because like it is all a facade he is just a kid from a broken home that like it, yeah is doing speed and is fucked up but he d there is a there is something in there you can Kind of grasp at it. I mean, just as somebody looking at a kid who acts like that, you kind right. of know, but um, y you wouldn't really get the full story. Yeah, you can kind of, you can kind of get him. You can kind of try and save him. It's this interesting. Kind of horrible to say, but this is probably the character I talked to the most because <laughs> <laughs> I was stuck in a certain part of the game. I well, think I explored. Well, there's all. so much. He is. Hey, he is the closest yeah. in proximity to the body. It would yeah. be. It would be reasonable to start your investigation the there. And also, yeah, you can just assume this kid doesn't really can know you anything. Can move the body up the entire time? To progress, you do have to. Uh, get it down okay. and ship it out but as far I, as i know i think um i don't know it I looked... feel like the, the things that make the the mystery move forward i feel like are all talking to people i feel like you could probably yeah i don't know yeah. but there's I, a lot I, of edge cases to, yeah i don't want to try it but... i'm i'm just saying because um after like i didn't get it down the first day it's already so, been up for a week yeah so <laughs> i got it up or i got it down the second day but it had gotten grosser looking, mm, it, like in the game. It, it was darker. It had more weird bruises and shit. Like they changed the texture in the game, which was gross. Um, so I'm just thinking like what would happen if you just left it up for the entire <laughs> game? Um, yeah, I think doing, I think getting the body down and like doing the field autopsy is very important for finding leads. Oh, yeah. But if you had come to this on a replay, you maybe could knowing already knowing what some of the revelations are later mm -hmm. i don't know um interesting idea. i don't know yeah uh but god where somebody somebody give me something to talk about like um, I, I i don't okay, know where okay okay so you need you need to get the body down yeah I got the that's body kind down. of your first how, macro how goal. did you get the body down? how did i get the body do down i really want to go through what everyone did at no, every I'm, decision i'm just trying to lead yeah i'm just like i have so many the thoughts and they're all like well, i mean want, my, my brain looks like harry dubois no i'd rather talk um, about the game than what each decision we each did and each fucking fork in the road all right well i'll just well yeah sorry no i don't want to skip set 
Yeah, I'll, I'll just give you a, a rundown yeah. or, of how I tried to play the game, which was, um, so I, I did the thinker. I tried to get as much information as possible rather than empathize. Like, I mean, I tried to be nice to people, um, <laughs> but I did also try to appeal to people even if I didn't agree with them because I was trying to get information out of them. So, right. I, like, I was a little bit duplicitous there. Very funny but, way to play oh, this game. Yeah. Um, oh. I, <laughs> I got money from Joyce to um, get, uh, to, to pay for my room and i felt kind of bad about that but i had also accidentally killed myself before and um <laughs> and you, you should say how you accidentally killed okay. yourself. oh yeah so, I, d I never saw this okay so basically i, I didn't have the i didn't have the I, I didn't get guts to, to do um, this one the, like my character didn't have the stats to have the guts to do this one so i'm so happy so. uh the the reason that it's fortunate that i killed myself is that i had ex i had had to have kim sell these hubcaps that he'd gotten off a kid and he liked them you could tell yeah, that he, uh, he had like my my favorite thing about kim and we haven't really talked about him too much yeah, but we could do so um he's so your partner and he's um he's very he's strictly business but he's you, very reserved you very he's reserved he's strictly business but you very quickly get a sense for what he's like and what he really likes and mm -hmm. he lets a lot of his real personality through the professionalism in, in so many very sweet ways yeah, he really loves cars he's an incredible character yeah, yeah he, he so tries good. not to be like he'll slip and let himself be corrupt once in a while like getting the hubcaps yeah he well he's a real gearhead which you can yeah. kind of uncover if you have the right stats for yeah. it he, um, he loves really his cool car. car yeah mm -hmm. it is possible to have him put the body one you once on end if you get it down in the back of his car and he will say like if you try to leave like leave it there overnight he's like yeah i'll have someone take it in the morning and you talk to him the next morning he's like yeah i drove it in myself i didn't want that thing on my car yeah he couldn't sleep thinking that the body was in the back of his beloved car yeah um so yeah i'd, I'd had to have him do that he had to sell those to get money for me to pay mm -hmm. the um hotel guy the damages um, of your room so the next day i had there's there's some guys downstairs they're called the hardy boys yeah. um, titus hardy and his boys which mm -hmm. is funny because there's detective mm -hmm. novels yeah the hardy boys it's definitely an homage um i definitely so, thought that was deeper than it actually is no. so i was like what are they trying to say here so, no yeah no, his no, name is they're hardy hard. they're, funny. they're really <laughs> tough there's a really funny line uh from uh where you can after you meet the hardy boys you can talk to Everard about them and you can say shit like Oh, so you sent your best men down to intimidate me, and like after after, drugs. after after they strung up the bodies, like, Everett goes, "My best men don't spend all day getting drunk in a hotel." <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good impression. Yeah, I heard um, his voice a lot. <laughs> yeah, he talks a lot. So you can go down there. You got to talk to them. They admit to murder, um, and then you're trying to get more information ab about um, the mercenary that they killed um, from them. And you can try to intimidate them. Yeah. And intimidating them is taking Kim's gun and putting it in your mouth. Um, <laughs> what? Just, that's yeah. Why I had to, that's why I had to have you mention this because, like, it's so. Jesus, it's such a I great thought that you shot yourself in a different. Um, no. To the scenario. It's, you're trying to make them not to let you. Like, if somebody you don't like puts a gun in their mouth you're going to try to stop them yeah. from shooting themselves no it doesn't what, yeah. matter yeah you're you not remember, gonna let them we shoot themselves about this on the alcohol episode about uh the you wouldn't care if i died <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I was listening to that. that was power great play. absolute power it, it is a ultimate power thing play, and this is a an extreme extreme dante must die mode oh you don't like me <laughs> if I i'm gonna this? kill myself right now right now in front of it's you it's half that and half 
you don't believe me, I'll do it. I have yeah. the balls to <laughs> do it. Think You're I trying won't. to throw them off and intimidate them. And Seb went for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Like, I only had, I don't know, like a 17% chance or something like that on it. <laughs> uh, but I was like, I'll try it. And then it, it went through this whole thing where I failed the check. And then you can fumble through trying to get Kim to give you the gun and you're just trying to convince him and convince him. And I'm like, can I, can I go back? Can I change my mind? And I try to click the button. That's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Let's not do this. And, um, I forget which thing chimes in, but it's like, you can't back down yeah, now. It's gotta be authority. And, it's yeah. like, absolutely yeah. not. Oh yeah, it was authority. Yeah. Um, and authority is one of my lowest stats. Authority have... is, is one of the biggest asshole stats too. Oh yeah. They're absolutely well, like, yeah. you need to pressure this guy even harder. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's a bad idea. Um, so I, I ended up, um, the only way out of that was shooting myself <laughs> through the head. Crazy. Um, so I died so... and my game wow. hadn't saved for like an hour yeah uh, you so definitely i definitely have to... to have an old school save discipline for some of this yeah sure. like it seemed like it was auto saving for yeah. you know Sometimes. a good amount of time yeah um it, like it i'm not sure how that a lot works early on in the game when you're doing things that are like considered milestones mm -hmm. like you know oh you meet kim for the first time you're going in and out of the whirling and rags a lot and that like auto saves going in and out of that area and going like in and out of the docks for the first time that auto saves but later on when you're traversing a bunch of areas you've already been to and you're spending a lot of time outside of buildings it doesn't auto save like ever so okay. because the things that trigger it are pretty specific so that's i would have thought i would have auto saved like after the first night or yeah you would think that. or something <laughs> you, you would definitely think that it huh. would do that okay well anyway so i got to try um getting money from joyce again because i had failed the first time even though i had a really high stat for that um and she gave me the money so i didn't have to have kim sell his nice. uh hubcaps Great. and i have um after the autopsy i have um goodest of good cops for an achievement <laughs> oh, because he fun. likes me that's good um yeah so i i just kind of try to play it to get people to like me well enough which led to, to Seb getting one of the funniest named achievements in uh in oh yeah i so I've gotten both the um, commie thought and you, you have these thoughts you can internalize and you they're, they're basically close. like oh, stat yeah, buffs even... or minus things. Yeah, instead of um, a good please. and evil alignment in this game, which is traditional of like a D&D &D game, mm -hmm. um, you have a political alignment, political which is yeah, which is specifically which choices yeah. you pick that relate that. to whenever you get a, a chance to air your thoughts politically they'll usually give you all of the options and you can it's pretty easily telegraphed you can see like i'll do it for the working class or i think minorities shouldn't have rights or I'll whatever it, i'll do it for so the free market where i yeah. think everyone should kind of leave each other alone yeah. right you can yeah. very the centrist option is always on the bottom usually and it's very clear it's like oh police officers shouldn't have opinions on yeah, that please or leave me alone. yeah I, I was trying to do that a lot like even though um when i was talking to somebody i didn't necessarily think was important to the um investigation um then i would normally pick the commie thoughts but when i was talking to people who were like joyce who's the negotiator from the company or people like that i would do like a, I'm not supposed to have an opinion on right. that or something yeah. like that because I was trying to stay on their good side. Um, a lot of those people can see through you though. They yeah, know absolutely. you have a thought, but I ended up doing that so much that I had both the communist thought, which I, I I'll call this like fire and brimstone communism. Yes. This it's is not, it's not pinko liberalism. It's 
hardcore red communism. This I is kill the landlords, mm-hmm. um, get the firing and squads. You can, you know, this game having come from an Estonian perspective, you can tell that like this is the type of communism that they want to critique. They they yes. ki- are kind of pointing the finger at the kind of lefty liberals that would play and enjoy this game because uh, there's a lot more to communism as an ideology and what has happened in the history of our world than uh, Bernie Sanders socialism. When somebody yeah. posts a picture of Squidward with the hammer and sickle of him, that's, that's the kind of person who they expect to pick up and enjoy Disco Elysium and it will make fun of them the whole time. Right. And uh, that's I think that's so great. Yes, and absolutely. this game definitely... I, I still think this game unilaterally supports yeah, this absolutely. Well, which is funny. The, the creators of this game thanked Marx and Engels when they accepted their Game of the Year awards. Yes, this has exactly. a perspective. Right. Um, it's not like South Park making fun of everyone. They, yeah. this, this comes from a certain perspective, but they want to make you think about the types of political ideologies you yeah. have in real life or would express. Uh, in preparation for this show, I listened to the uh, Acts of the Blood God, a very good uh, podcast I like quite a bit, um, uh, specifically an RPG podcast about Disco Elysium. And they talked about it, and um, the way they described the political ideology system in this game made me, like, I was like, like, I had my hand on the side of my face, I'm like, oh my god, this is like a political Rorschach test. Because they came away from this game, like, well, obviously this game is a critique of communism. Mm. And I'm like, I I didn't, I don't think that's exactly what they're like. They're like, yeah, Everard is evil. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, it's he's, like, he's they corrupt. Do, are, he's definitely corrupt. Yeah, they but, do flip and, the script on what you would expect from a union and a capitalist. Uh-huh. With Joyce and Everard, they, yeah, Joyce they make, is nice. They make Joyce yes. the nicest, most affable person in this game because they want you to question your beliefs about capitalists, mm-hmm. right? But and the union uh, had uh, this isn't much like, of a spoiler because you can get it out of her with two lines of dialogue. But she's there because mercenaries got sent to kill people on the docks, mm-hmm. and she's there to make sure they don't kill anyone they're not supposed right. to. Right? Yeah, she's the worst. Uh, in in the game, they refer to it as. Um, ultra liberals is the like hyper capitalist people and she says she's one of the worst ones because she's not uh, she won't abide sending a death squad to kill the union men um but this is exactly why i was like because the the this podcast that i had been listening to they were like oh i let down joyce and i felt so bad because she's obviously the good guy like that's not a hundred percent the words <laughs> yeah they this said, but rich that's what... white lady on her yacht yeah, yeah. so is... she's the good guy and i think that a lot of They're this has to do the with the fact point. that these these uh, they bring it up they grew up in the 80s they have a certain idea of what communism is that yeah. is led by living in america in the 80s that cannot truly be divorced from your brain and so when they see a game that has communism in it, they're like, well, I know good. what communism is. I saw it on American TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah it, it, I guess it is a Rorschach t- test. I, I think they're missing the point, though. Like, everyone is bad and everyone is not necessarily good. There's a lot of great oh, morality in this game. Test. You're giving me the centrist spiel right mm, now. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is system works. You, can, you can be a, a communist in this game, Don't right? if I do. Yeah, um, but Uh-oh. there is corruption on all sides, and you just have to pick 
which corruption you can deal with the most. Okay, because I'd be lying if I said my men weren't committing crime. <laughs> yeah, there's corruption on all sides. Well, and and, and, and I think, um, Everhart even says it, or I, I think, um, no, somebody else, or was it Manana? Somebody said um, they all know Everhart's corrupt, but they know that he's corrupt for their benefit. So they put up with it. Yeah, he uh, definitely is a socialist, but the way he goes about doing his things is the most sleazy possible. Oh, absolutely. To make you, because most people, especially most lefties, assumptions about unions are that they are a net good for everyone because they are in real life. Uh, um, but when you, <laughs> when as you somebody take, who's part of the union, I, I can disagree, but overall, like unions. Yes, um, they present to you the most hard to accept union in this game oh, yeah. to make a point. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, with the the scabs outside trying to go in and work, and then you have like, well, the union won't let us work, and everyone outside is like, "I need money to live," and you're yeah. like, well, yeah. "True." That's, he has a good point. <laughs> he does he, need money he to talk live. to the guy leading the scabs, and he's like, "Man, when I used to murder people for fun back in the other country," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, why are you here exactly? What is it that you're What is it that you're I, doing?" I here? am. What's not to get too bogged down in the political stuff in this game, but like, I do I mean, agree with Seb. I know it's the game. Yeah, you're in. It's like your one of your like your classes that you end up picking is yeah. what, what political which copo type you, you are and which political ideology you yeah follow. I think this game it does a really neat thing of being like it leans you towards centrism of being like well all these guys are bad but they're doing it well yeah reasons. I'm a neutral party I'm trying to solve a crime yeah, yeah you're trying to get the the not law or chaos ending in Shimagami Tensei because that's the good one in Florida. but also then they go on go on to brutally make fun of the centrist mindset so it is like <laughs> they, they get you yeah. in a way yeah they do um the the witcher does a similar thing i think because it's uh written by a polish author um i mean the witcher books especially where witcher. yeah uh, witcher. if you don't choose a side then you're choosing the bad guys or you're you're choosing um violent or like because Geralt tries to be um like neutral, neutral. Yeah, yeah he's trying to be neutral the <laughs> whole time has the coin. Yeah. yeah um until they come for siri mm-hmm. and then they're doing all this other shit and he's like and i he guess i can't be taking a side in a yeah. war between two different countries and <laughs> where uh, you can't be making, neutral making a stance on whether or not dra- uh, dragons should be pets for sorceresses and all, <laughs> all kinds of other things that he didn't think he had an opinion on until all of a sudden it yeah, we're gonna him. we've been talking about the witcher a lot yeah, lately i think we're gonna we'll do, we're gonna have we'll to do, do witcher cast. i'll make all of you play the entirety of the witcher 3 so. jesus christ <laughs> 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 if you thought we barely scratched the surface of this game but seb you all in all you liked the game you had a good time i loved this game like because i'm such a narrative person because i relate to the way and i'm fascinated by the way that the uh that this tells its story and gets inside your character's head and i love the art um we haven't talked about the music very much um but the music is really good really good called uh, british sea power Mm is pretty much just the instrumental versions of their songs um this is not a licensed well it's a licensed soundtrack in that this is an album that existed that they just put into the game. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, it was not made for this game, is my understanding. Uh, it Stepping works really well. Yeah. The whirling rags for the first time. And you uh, the, the horn. Uh, it, it's got like this It's like, spooky... oh, yeah, the camera's zooming out. I can... That's what it actually sounds like when you walk outside New York City in the morning. Yes. It sounds like that. Yeah, very, a lot of very yeah, ethereal very tracks, e- very echoey. very heady kind of sounds and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's great. Yeah, um, and... I mean, even the the setting is kind of a diesel punk sort of 
thing going on. Yeah. Where we're, once we're, I saw the car, I was like, okay, we're not. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, I, we're, I initially thought that the game was going to be in real life because it says disco, and I'm yeah. like, okay, oh, yeah. what kind of fantasy or um, you know fictional setting is going to have something as specific as disco? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this has disco. This has rock and roll. This this has all sorts of shit that you wouldn't expect to have in a fictional setting. Yeah, they have uh, airships in this universe. They, yeah. have, uh, they have fucking Batman the Animated Series Zeppelins are yeah. literally right outside the port where you can't see them, so you don't have to make a model for them. The yeah. worst form of transportation fine. possible. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of a diesel punk look, and you're, you're in a very run-down place um, that's been um, bombarded by war, which actually I first thought that this was made by French people because it seemed like the place had been occupied and everybody was French there. And the, like, most of the buildings are bombed out and people yeah. are just trying to exist. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, is, is this a, uh, well, a Seb, bad do end I have of a World Wikipedia War page on Estonia for you? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have not learned that much about Estonia. Right. Well, before we get into the Estonia history fest, I wanted to talk more about Tukam about what he thought about okay. this game. Well, yeah, um, I love game i'm going to i am going to finish this game because i have not been able to stop thinking about it since i started playing all right all right well you when you beat the game you won't get to stop thinking about it either oh yeah that's fine at least they'll have this won't save you (laughs) from thinking about it all right cam you've risen out of the void what's uh What's what's this? What was your experience like? After we game? tell you who you are, yeah, yeah, we're gonna give you the fifty first states tape. You're gonna watch it. It'll tell you who <laughs> you are, and then you can tell us what you thought about the game. Hmm. So, I've been hearing about this. When did this game come out? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Like it won the game a year of you know arbitrary award ceremony. Yeah, this was the same year as Outer Wilds, so it was a great great year for games. Oh yeah, and what what competition? I mean. Yeah. Both great games. Um, oh so I've always been like, I'm going to play this. This was going to be the game that I played when I first built a PC with Alex. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I kind of got sidetracked and I forgot and I played Super Hot instead. Yeah. Which good was game. also a good decision. Yeah, <laughs> really good game. But, um, and a lot of Destiny. Also good. But um, so now I was like, oh, fuck, I got to play Disco Elysium. I'm going to do it. And I started like two weeks ago. And. I'm just going to air all my complaints first, and then yeah, I'll talk about it. I, I do want to say I love this game. I yep. think it's great. I think it's hilarious, and it's beautiful, and it sounds good, and it's interesting and unique. All of those things ten times over. But when I was playing it, um, maybe I didn't have the right amount of patience for it, or I didn't get it, or like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm on a level too dumb for this game, at least. I think on a replay... I'll understand what's going on more. Like when we were when we were talking about what stats you can pick and stuff, mm-hmm. they really throw you in and just like pick these things. You have no idea what they are mm-hmm. and no idea how they'll affect affect the game. Which is why I said I think it's amazing how much they actually do affect the game. Because usually you can just be like, "Fuck it, I'm sorcerer in Dark Souls," and then just fucking use fire magic the whole time because mm-hmm. you can just. Who cares? It just set your stats at the beginning of the game. Or a lot of the stats in games are very apparent. It's like strength will determine my ability to yeah. wield a strength <laughs> weapon. Or speech will mean that I can talk to people better. Yeah. Every one of these skills is technically a speech skill in mm-hmm. that it works in conversation, but all right. in very different ways. Yeah, your strength is determined in how you can intimidate people instead of how many boulders you can pick up or whatever. <laughs> but, and if a, a door needs bashing down, you might not expect into that. Yeah, I should. I sure did. Um, like, I'm ten hours into this game, and I already want to like restart with a different build just to see all the different like yeah. types of dialogue and get like a completely different. You're basically selecting your personality at the beginning of the game. Yeah, which your is, whole internal monologue is based based on what you decide to emphasize. Yeah. So, 
you really it's one of those things where it just under the hood it must be so staggering the amount I of different types of even amount begin, of text that they have i would die if i tried to think about how big this game is like and what the herculean effort that it would take to make something like this um but uh i do want to say i am also with seb i don't think it's like you know i have a third eye open or i'm so unique and weird but i do have the dialogue thing in my head in when i think to myself it's in full sentences and it's never i shouldn't do that it's you shouldn't do that it's someone else <laughs> exactly to me like, yeah yeah don't That's do that and I, i'll yeah. also think in um first person plural sometimes i'm like we should go do this. Ah. Um, yeah, I don't Seb, have Seb's that. Seb's got the Venom symbiote. Yeah, you're, no, you're I, Venom. I, I literally have an inner dialogue. It's it's, I, you, we. Me, um, she, he. I, I do not think in third person. Yeah. Mine's um, not like I can't I'd be believe you did that. that. It's like you shouldn't have done that or whatever. You know? And that, that's not, you know, like yeah. we were talking about earlier, that's just a way of thinking. It's like if you think in abstract shapes or whatever. Yeah. Like, For me, it's like, yeah. man, I love this game. I have to pee all in the same sentence. <laughs> So two of my different thoughts my, are combined. Mine are like, you like this game, you have to pee. Mine <laughs> uh, are not. It's like, oh God. It's like when, uh, if you if you have one of those new fancy soda machines and all the bubbles are floating around in there with the different Cokes you can pick at once. You have that McDonald's Sprite brain. Exactly. Nick has got his cup between two of the spouts. <laughs> He's hitting the button like this. Like, with the Hank Ted symbol hitting Sprite and Diet Coke at the same time. That's exactly it. So, you have uh, wide yeah. cups. That so you... this is this is exactly like how internal model. Yeah, unfortunately, this is exactly how I think, and I think that's part of the reason um, these guys were a little bit anxious about doing this episode because I complained about this game for eight hours in the Discord yes. while trying to. Play well, it. I I knew that this would be this is something outside of what you usually play. Yeah, which is totally. What some of my reservations were in picking this at all because yeah. i know seb has done some of these types of game before mm -hmm. um but yeah this is new to me i, I also think that like this was one of the computer role-playing games to get me to play more of them i think this is an easier putt despite how complex it is because you're not having to deal with uh combat and spells on top of and picking yeah. stats i like not having to character hooks are so interesting that it's really easy to like oh, yeah. say like i want to know more like Sometimes when a character in an RPG starts to tell you about your history, you're like, oh my god, what is the exit ramp for this conversation? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yep. care that the dragon came down from the castle, dude. Right, in this Jacob game, you in say, Mass yeah, Effect, uh, yeah, you have off. the most boring backstory <laughs> call out Jacob in history. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jacob in Mass Effect 2, you are worthless. You are the least interesting character, <laughs> at least, god, at least the missions in that game uh, are like, okay because the character a lot of the humans that you are alien races when we get to the mass effect episode the mass god, Lord, god help us well i mean um, now that they released a, a version of mass effect that actually runs at all <laughs> i mean it's feasible before it was not feasible now you it simply is. could not play mass you effect. simply could not mass effect was this theoretical and idea. we all thanked yes. you for the fact we couldn't play it <laughs> <laughs> now unfortunately it does exist um, but so I expected to bounce off of this game because it was too much reading and I didn't like there is investigating a lot stuff. of reading there is certainly and but this game <laughs> I don't read really it, lets you not read if you don't want to and yeah. I think like we were talking about with the encyclopedia thing like luckily I didn't go with that brain yeah you can opt into the more direct skills I think I think I went to I keep forgetting the archetypes but I think I went like empathetical or like knowing what people are thinking yeah. well, you're more psyche brain. cop I think yeah. you, you had the purple stats which are more focused on reading people or and understanding the world around you yeah which is 
what I think is important in real life as opposed to knowing like the facts about the cobblestone roads yes. and stuff is like can being I ask a to... question real quick sure yeah. what is apocalypse cop <laughs> hell, hell uh, we, we haven't talked through the the cop o types but yeah. um through what you do in the game they'll they'll give you kind of leading dialogue options to kind of uh silo you into a specific cop o type which is um this game's kind of cheeky take on like your your deciding your character class as a detective yeah they're like um, oh you want to be put in a box here's your little box that you're putting yeah, you yeah have to, and you're like no so there are if you're constantly shouting disco and catchphrases and all, all kinds of things you are probably the superstar. Yeah, cop. if you think you're yeah. burn notice guy with it's, the sunglasses, it is, I, I, it is hinted heavily <laughs> that that is what you were like before you destroyed your identity. Yeah, uh, a lot of your actions that cannot be changed with dialogue. You have snakeskin boots. That was definitely your whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you're the superstar cop. Um, yes. There's also sorry cop, which a lot of people settle into because um, if you apologize yeah, enough times. That. You, yeah, and the skill for that, um, a lot of these, both the political ideologies and the copotypes have a thought that you can internalize, which is a whole section of the game we haven't talked about at all. Yes. Um, but a little bit about you, that, yeah. you, you can use a skill point to solidify a part of your identity as a thought. You get a to stat debuff while you're thinking about it, but after a little while, you usually get a bonus or a detriment, depending. Mm -hmm. um, but this is how you kind of set in stone how you feel politically and how you feel about your character. Um, where is it going? Um, if you if you cop say sorry cop. enough, the yeah. um, the thought for sorry cop is a rigorous self critique, which is very funny. <laughs> and um, when you fully internalize that, you gain morale for losing checks because you oh. expected to fail, hey. which is really funny. <laughs> Maybe that's I should really stick good. with sorry cop. Um, that's of course, what I got. No, my my question. You aren't surprising anyone when you what fail. What kind of character yeah. is apocalypse cop? Apocalypse cop is is Rorschach. He knows. Yeah. His hell. Okay. Hell the is end is nigh. Like this? You you get to beans? you you get to specifically advocate for the that the end is coming and um as okay. kind of the story bears out and as some of the lore bears out you kind of come to a realization that uh, maybe the end is coming yes. <laughs> um there is kind of a like global warming or like environmental catastrophe mm -hmm. metaphor that bears out later really um, interesting supernatural ish version oh. of that yeah it's okay. it's a great metaphor it's really cool and it huh. can mean a lot of things but um, you aren't too far off by advocating for the end times. Okay. <laughs> now, can I be Inferno Cop? No, no. unfortunately. Okay. Can you be Axe Cop? No. Old me. Um, uh, you can also be Boring Cop, I boring think. Cop yeah. I have a fear that I will get <laughs> if, if every, the There are a few you, more, but I don't the remember them. It gives you yeah. so many insane things to say, and if you choose to say no to all of them, <laughs> it will start telling you, Hey, you sure are one boring motherfucker. So actually, we're leading into something that frustrated me with this game a lot is mm -hmm. because they got me too many times. Is <laughs> like I was sorry, cop, and like I, um, I think that I would end up being centrist. I was making fun of Seb for ending up as centrist, but I know that's where I'll end up. I was place. centrist and commie at the same yeah, time, yeah, which is something and, they also make fun of you for. If yeah, you have two political yeah, and you, you, you do, yeah. you do get to like you're. Uh, once you pick enough of these options, your your mind will pitch you on being communist or being centrist or whatever, and you can choose to internalize that if you want to be that character. Yeah, yeah. I think um, about five times I said, "How dare you think you know me?" And yeah, you can say no. no don't even yeah. suggest that to me, or you yeah. can say, oh, "I'll think about it," and then yeah. just not spend the skill yeah, point to add it to your thoughts. In yeah. your list. Some thoughts are not as profound as this. So, there's a really great one that's. Do you remember how to get home? Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. is that home? And yeah. that's a really great, there's a really great, you get a ton of like great text for that. There's one that's like, 
perspective and if you internalize it it zooms the camera out yeah more. You, you get a shivers check that. for that it's like you you understand more of the world around you so you mm. can zoom the camera out I just, oh fantastic one that i was joking with alex about earlier that i got in my first playthrough is coach physical instrument which is if you have enough points in body and you're using physical instrument physical instrument will pipe up and be like you like using your body to accomplish tasks and violence but you know what would make it even better if you did it without a shirt and so <laughs> from then on, if you take your shirt off, you get a plus two to any physical instrument checks. That's so great. I got the coach thing, but I think I got it I got it in a different way, or maybe it's a different stat mm-hmm. where it was like it was such a realistic thing of like you run up the stairs and you're exhausted and you're like, Oh fuck, I gotta start working out. Like, yeah. That's yeah. exactly and the your skill is like got. I'm gonna help you work yeah, out. It's like yeah. you need to start thinking about working out more, which yeah. is um, this game is just so realistic to me of like yeah. that is exactly how i think everyone's brain works but mostly mine work you know i know how my brain works and it's like real quick um, oh i fucked up you need you just keep this in the back of your head you should start eating better and now for the rest of the month you're thinking oh i don't want i'm not gonna eat that (laughs) because i had this i remember this thing that happened to me Uh and i'm going to do the right thing because of this yeah before we're off the thoughts and i was tired so i can't do that yeah Yeah. i'm not gonna do that (laughs) no i i had something after you yeah before we're off the thoughts i um, one of my absolute favorite, and there are like 50 of these. There are, you, there are more than you'll ever see in one or two playthroughs of these thoughts that just come up off of edge cases on edge cases. Um, one of my favorites is um, Anti-Object Task Force. Oh, I got that If you that decide one, to hit things, it. like you kick the mailbox or you, I pet the you mailbox kick doors. No more things. Um, yeah, and you specifically are against inanimate objects. <laughs> Um, I'm going to seek that out. I need that. Yeah. I, I like how the game, no matter what you do, it'll end up making fun of you for it. Yes. And yeah. that is how depression works. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of tells you, like, you can pick this thing that seemed like a good idea at the time, but your brain's going to hate it. It doesn't matter which one. It's, oh, it's always wrong. You're, you're reminding me of what I was heading towards with the, the sorry cop thing. Uh-huh. I think that by trying to be... Um, also, what is it? All Star Cop, Super, super Cop. Star, super By star trying cop. to be Super Cop, I specked into Sorry Cop more. That they, they were like, "Oh, you think you're cool? Like yeah. <laughs> you're actually lame, dude." <laughs> By trying to save my personality, I think in the back of my head, I think I specked more into being the boring guy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what really frustrated me with this game is it was too relatable at times. Of like, it really, and I know it's that's the character you're playing in the beginning. Is it? just beats the shit out of you for the first two hours of the game it's like you suck and you don't know what you're doing and all the checks in the game if we haven't explained that enough yeah. like you have a chance of like, passing a check da- like, based um, on like your stats dungeons and dragons yeah, you roll it, dice and if, if you, pa- if you yeah. get a certain number you pass if you get a certain number you fail you yeah. very specifically roll two d6s mm-hmm. and um snake eyes double ones is always fail mm-hmm. uh 12s or two sixes is always a pass uh, and the rest is determined by what your specific skill is in that stat. And sometimes what you've done or earlier. Like what, Seb yep. was saying, you backed down earlier, so now you are always got a minus one yep. for being weak. Uh, in to try and do the eyes. insane thing of shooting down the body with a gun. Yeah. Of like, yeah. to, like to shoot the cargo strap that's holding up the hanged man. Uh, it is a it is a motorics check, my worst skill. But uh, or like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, perception, like hand-eye coordination, my worst skill. But uh, you can slow down breathe and steady your feet and that'll give you a little boost to it like yeah. if there's there are things you can do that are not like like the clothes you wear will give you tiny boosts and uh 
And yeah, uh, this is a clown this. outfit simulator. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it feels very genre savvy to me because this is a thing in like oh, all wow. RPGs is wearing clothes or, you know, having an armor that gives you plus two agility. But, but in but real life, if you it's go again around too realistic. wearing yeah. certain clothes, people are going to think certain things about you. Yeah, if you exactly. had rubber gloves on, though, it'd be easier to open that thing. Yes. So you should optimally be wearing rubber gloves, but you look like a doofus. So people think <laughs> yeah. less of you. In, in wanting to min-max, yeah, in wanting to min-max, your skills to pass yeah. checks you will look like an idiot but it's on brand for your character if and I, it's a funny thing you get stat <laughs> debuffs for looking like an idiot which is so funny to optimize life right now i would have an optional pair of sunglasses a like switchblade on me like gloves <laughs> on like boots like pants that have a lot of pockets like but that's stupid you don't need that but I, it'd be optimal to i do. look like that at work and i have gotten multiple comments from my coworkers about how I look like the Unabomber. And, and, <laughs> hey, me too. Yeah, exactly. I, no, don't, I don't consider it, like, I joke, I'm like, ah, he had some good points, which is also <laughs> uh, something that will come back to bite me in the ass later, yeah. probably. You'll get but, the minus one check, I joked about the Unabomber. The Unabomber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, if people are going to think I'm a weirdo because of, like, things I was wearing for utility that do actually help me, you know, like, okay, Want, I want the boots so that I don't slip. I, I want the gloves so that I can uh, hold this disgusting thing or this cold thing. Uh, I want the the sunglasses because I, I there's a guy who's weird about eye contact. And it's like, I all of a sudden, I look like a huge weirdo. And that's <laughs> the totally work fun. example I have is um, when you're breaking apart lobsters, they spray shit everywhere. So you oh, yeah, can green put armholes and a head hole in a trash bag and wear a trash bag. Yes. And yes, that... You look like an idiot. It's the it gives you the plus one on the lobster. My clothes are clean now. I know you saw me wearing a trash bag for two hours. I look nice and I don't smell as bad. But um, yeah, where was I going with this? Uh, uh, you had some trouble passing some of the checks. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I. Oh, he he was sitting there. It's a so roll of the dice, and me and me and Nick were playing it, and he was playing. We were all playing so at the same time, and he just keeps posting in the Discord. I failed the coat check. I failed it again. I yeah. failed it again. There's a part where you need to, there's three things that you can do to progress. Really progress. Like you can go around, dick around, talk to people and dig through the trash, but you can. You have to talk to Everett at some point. You have to talk to this guy and you got to get by the racist guy. So you could either adapt his ideology and become a racist or fake it. Um, you can jump off a ledge to get your coat and end up on the other side. Or you can. You can physically defeat him in a fight yes, which is him out, not yeah. advised yeah. and uh, all of my is... stats were not tuned i could have become a racist maybe the person i selected at the beginning that was what i was supposed to do or well, like yeah, you can that's my most optimal that, that choice. is that is kind of the release valve if you get a if you have a skill point to spend on like learning the thought to let him pass be you know internalize the like critical race theory shit. Yeah. Um, you can forget that thought later after you have gotten past him. Mm -hmm. But that is kind of, I think that is kind of the like last, last resort. If you want to compromise your character yeah, and your, yeah. yourself Kim as a player. Yeah. won't like you. I don't yeah. think after that. And at a certain point I was like, fuck it. I'll just do that. And then discard it and whatever. I was a racist for a little bit just to get through a door. Cause you were racist as a bit. Yeah, but, <laughs> but to be racist as a bit, you have to level up your racism by walking around and talking to people. You while have to get a skill point to spend, yes. Head. And so at this point, I had spent eight hours on the game, so I was like, I'm not going to spend another hour walking around doing shit so I can be racist to get through this door. And 
Um, I blame all of you, I'd like you to know. Mm -hmm. um, I looked up a guide, and the guide also didn't know. But I assume all of you knew that I could have taken my pants off to adjust I the chance. I didn't know you didn't realize I was that. stuck on it for eight hours, Seb. You, you could have... You didn't tell me how you did it? I also didn't think... I Like, I didn't know that, that your obvious. pants had a negative to the ones okay, that you were yeah. trying to roll. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't I didn't know, know how you guys got... How did you guys get through that section? Um, oh, so you either punch him out or you make the jump. Did so you guys punch first, him out first or play make through, I, I'm, the jump. Yeah. Second playthrough, I, I spin, spin kicked him. So yeah. if you try to punch him out, this is a really cool thing. Yeah, it's very funny. Th this, um, this game is very particular about how people are and how certain things won't work. Measurehead is a better fighter than you and way stronger than you. Mm -hmm. The only way you'll beat him in a fight is if you surprise him. So yeah. your rational brain will tell you, hit him with a left, left hook. But your crazy superstar cop part of your brain will say, back up and do a 360 spin kick. Mm -hmm. If you try to hit him with a right hook, he sees it coming. And just catches the, your hand. Just catches your <laughs> yeah, hand. he did yeah. that to me. Yeah, it's a predictable thing that he can see coming yeah but this 360 spin kick assuming you pass the check if you don't it's a really funny cutscene. Mm -hmm. but if you nail it that is the only way to knock him out that's great but i didn't have the option to do right that because well, that's, of my that's sense, the thing so right the, i couldn't the, do that i think the main way is the jump yeah because and i couldn't do the jump because my motor stats were too low and yeah that whatever. one is um savoir faire savoir faire yeah, which is like you know, which I should have yeah. realized that my pants were detracting from that, but I didn't. Realize it's not immediately it, apparent it for tells sure. You yeah, what you're. I what you're I was wearing. I had pants just been paying attention to that the whole time. Like that's I was paying attention to yeah. the clothes I was getting. So why I was complaining about this game so much is I wanted to play it and I was having fun and I think that it shows that I stuck with this shit for ten hours, mm -hmm. eight of it spent walking around doing nothing. Um, because, like, I didn't know I needed to take my pants off to jump and make the fucking jump to get my pants. And even then, still, it took me it took me a second try. I think I had a 3% chance of making the jump with my pants on. And once you take your pants and shoes off, it went up to, like, 70 or yeah. something. Or 17, 20, I think it was 20. I, yeah, I think it was still even for you. Yeah, but, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But um, anyway, once I got past that, I was having a great time with the game. But, I also think, like... Um, I didn't. I didn't want to what push you too hard. Yeah, but I. I also think like any of the time you spend in this game is not wasted. I knew that that's what you guys were doing. It's like, well, you know, the fun is figuring it out. And, you know, but also, no, I that's not what I was game. doing. I was like, I no, it's not didn't. actually. You were. It was, it was. I was having fun. I think I you will to play be. The game, yeah. So. I think you will be surprised how much of your random wandering around will both a factor into the case and yeah. b uh, be something that is relevant either in a side quest or. Uh, just for flavor. I don't think I wasted time, but for doing you wanted a to progress. Yes, on the game, I would have liked to see more of the game instead right. of the first day, and that's it. Because I was busy today, so I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything else. But um, I but once I got past Claire. Yeah. Well, yeah. The next day of my life after I wasted <laughs> an entire day not being able to do it. Um. Yeah, I got to talk to him. Um. But when I really started really liking the game was when I was talking to. Um, the Hardy Boys yes. this morning oh, when I was fine. because I, I I do want to talk about how much I love Kim and like talking with him and yeah. using him him as a personality I think is really great because it's like he like we said earlier he's um, like the book smart guy but he's also a little shit at the same time yeah. like he volunteered to be sent here to be, like to annoy them that he would be competent in doing it it's yes. like a weird like yeah. I will own you by 
doing what you want me to do <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's hard well, to Yeah, describe. you don't think I'm capable of this, but I'm going to, you know. Yeah. Also, if you sent someone else here, they'd try and, like, big dick authority check it. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to that place. I'm going to be civil. I'm not going to let you start a fight yeah. over, over like, uh, He's not going to play their games, yes. the, the inter-office politics He's very stuff. principled. And that's part of why he's so nice to you, even though you give give him every reason to not be nice <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah, I was so worried at first that um, I, I was trying not to reveal with him following me that I didn't know anything. Oh, I told but, him I but then like, he, bro, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, th- then he started, like, I mean, then he didn't stop following me, and I was like, I guess I'm stuck with this guy. And then he ended up like really growing on me, and I loved it's him. It's very funny yeah. that you can ask him why he's following you. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. did that. He's like, because we're both doing this case, and he's like, I have alone time. And he's like, I don't think so. That's not good. <laughs> That's a very smart on his part to not allow you. You're alone going time. to do coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I can't let you be alone. If I leave you alone for one second, you're going to do coke. I cannot do that. I good conscience. I also um got the. Early, I feel like very early on the, like, oh Kim really likes you achievement. I don't know if that you can get a better version of that. I don't know what's no, exactly there's, it's, there's, there's one one spot in particular where it is very important if he likes you or not. Yes. Um, but a lot of the, it's very easy to make him like you. I think that's a game design thing. Yes. Um, yeah. I think you'd have to choose to make him dislike you, and it's pretty obvious what he would dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. But I just really liked his personality and that he You wanna you wanna you... like him. You he lets through enough of his person like his core personality beneath his professionalism mm-hmm. where you like anytime he'll crack a little smile at your antics, it's good that you, you feel good. It's yeah. it's cool. Yeah, I like found I myself doing the first, antics. The first way you can get through to him is him. you see the guy who's been uh hanging uh from a tree by a really tough steel cord for almost a week and you can choose to turn to Kim and say I think he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. And, you know, and then you could double down and be like, yep, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Kim was really cool because he, I saw so far see him as like a really focused on self-preservation. Like he lets you take the lead because he knows if you fuck up, then it's not like it doesn't really affect him too much mm-hmm. in a way. I don't know. Maybe we'll go deeper into that as I play the game. But Yeah, I think... As you start to learn more things about yourself as a character and where you used to be as a police officer, I think it informs a little bit of how he responds to you. Oh, that's the last thing I'll mention because I've, I've talked plenty during this episode. Um, is really made me feel good. I talked about how I didn't like how much the game was beating me down and like telling me I suck, especially when like you, I like got picked stats that I thought was me. And the whole <laughs> time, you're, well, I know you're waking up from like the world's greatest hangover, but. Mm-hmm. Um, when you find your notebook and oh, yeah. it shows like you've solved like a, a way above yeah, you average were great. number of yeah. you were great you were a super solved cop. the unsolvable case i don't know if <laughs> i haven't got that yet it was just a bunch it was just two guys one of them uh like they both like to get drunk together one of them would expose himself and the other would destroy <laughs> public property and so they would like they would always go and it was an unsolvable case because people like work pressing charges and if they did they would be in jail for one day and then they would get out and they would do it again a week later <laughs> and so the way you, you uh, messed up the unsolvable case is that the guy who breaks property uh pissed you off by breaking your clipboard and then you hit him with the broken piece of the clipboard in his knee which fucked it up and then because uh the 
the guy who loved to expose himself was too busy helping the other guy around <laughs> with his bum knee to uh, expose himself anymore. Wow. So it just says, in quotes, you solved the unsolved <laughs> doing this, I guess. When, when you're thumbing through your ledger, you also get an interesting, like, just a very evocative um, case phrase, which is that um, you solved the square bullet hole murders. Yeah. I would love to get into the entirety of this. It's such a great thing. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it says that you, like, solved it but you didn't like so you didn't catch the guy you figured out what happened but you did that doesn't mean that you right. caught the guy who did it wow. and it's like uh it was the the reason that the case went cold was because the guy the the murder stopped happening but if your shivers is high enough at the end of the game you can see see that when the spring is coming, somebody is, uh, is longingly looking at a square... Uh, Loading a square again. bullet into no, a square chamber. No. <laughs> so it's he's like, back. he's coming back. But um, yeah, no, uh, go yeah, ahead. I, I really like this game. I think yeah. it's great. And um, I'm excited to keep playing it. I'm going to try. Yes. I'm bouncing off of I the... I really hope you do. I know um, you do. And that partly makes me want to not play it. And no. I, know, I hope you know that. But <laughs> I hope you uh, don't play it, Cam. No, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> so but, yeah, I like it. And I'm... Like I said, I already want to restart and see what a, a big, buff, confident guy would play like instead of me, mm. the, the worm who knows what everyone's no, thinking. The, the worm who knows what everyone's thinking is a fun playthrough. Yeah. It, it is yeah. a very fun playthrough. That's how I'm doing my life playthrough right now. So. <laughs> well, uh, I'll have you know that uh, when I played the game the first time, I picked what I thought of myself as. I saw the three like things, like the ways you, the prefab, like ways that you could make a character. And I'm like, Okay, those seem fine, but I would rather individually handpick all these stats. Yeah. So I put the most points, the like the, the favored skill as empathy. I put the uh, most points in psyche. I made like uh, my intelligence, like brain stat two, uh, <laughs> my motorics two, and then four four in the other two. Mm -hmm. So like I was like uh, kind of like more balanced towards emotions and physicality and less balanced towards like dexterity and thinking and that is how i i guess perceive myself in real life um which led to a lot of really interesting interactions in that playthrough but i would like to say that this time i opened up that screen and i said emily you've been with me for years what am i like pick my stats <laughs> oh, and brutal. She, <laughs> it, was, it was brutal because you the, the way that you view yourself and the way that other people view you is mm -hmm. invariably different there's no way you can do it so she ended up she's like um you know you think uh too much about your body she like lowered the body stat uh -huh. and then she put an extra point in the emotion stat. she's like well you're really like focused on that you're like you do a lot of that and then she took an extra point away from hand-eye coordination <laughs> and motoric stuff and put it in uh, uh, like a brain. She's like, you know, you're smarter than you give yourself credit for. Uh, but like, so I was walking around with one in like mm. dexterity. And like, so, you know, it's like, if there's a check that's like, put your two feet in front of each other, I couldn't pass that. <laughs> but, you know, I could do, I could handle some other stuff, which led to this second playthrough, um, which I didn't get all the way through, I, but I just wanted to like, uh, listen to the voice acting and uh, do redo some stuff. I found myself not making very different choices because I liked my choices so much the first time, mm -hmm. but I would try different things and succeed at different things because of my skills were different. Um, for example, uh, I was able to, I was not able to shoot the body down, oh, which yeah. I, yeah, I, was, I, I did put a as in a 
complete miracle roll on my yeah. first time through. And that's the best I, part about the the tabletop uh-huh. roots of this. You get sometimes you'll get a natural twenty, and you that just was, like will absolutely succeed on a five percent, yep. or you just hit that miraculous win. Yep. So my first time through, I managed to get the miracle roll of shooting the body down, uh, but I was not able to get the much softer roll of not throwing up when you first oh. see the body. The I got first that. Time I saw that. But so this time for, I got for mine, it was like, yeah. I, I had a 3% chance or a th- yeah. 8% chance of doing that because I had like no physical skills or no, yeah, I think no, it's um, a composure. Yeah. Chance. yeah I had composure. like no composure. So that was more of a, that but was I got it. something I was a little stronger in this time. And so I was able to keep it together when uh when faced with the body the first time that one is the um it's one of the ways one of the first couple ways that they tutorialize uh thoughts because you get the volumetric shit compressor that's right very funny (laughs) kim tells you to get your shit together and that's that's the way that your brain interprets it um so uh wait did you guys see magnesium based life forms yes Yes. that one it's very Very funny that's another really good one yeah um there are so many good ones but um, yeah, so having Emily pick my stats completely, it definitely moved around the way I was. It made me feel like, am I really that bad at something? Like my <laughs> perception was so bad in this run that I know that there's something in the bushes of, of a certain area. And I'm like, well, I can just go get it. And it's like, no, you can't well, see no, it. Well, no, your character can't see it. You can't see it. And it's, if you do make a character that's good in Modric, that has like high yellow skills, Kim will ask you stuff because he has bad eyesight. Right. He's got yeah. really thick glasses. He's a binoclard, as they say in this, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In really this game. Uh, so it's these characters. I love these characters so much because they feel like they have real goals. And a lot of if you try to appeal to them and you're insincere, they can tell and they're like, go fuck yourself. Mm. Or some characters don't care that you're insincere. They're like, you know what? I appreciate that you're trying. Or like uh, the, the pawn shop owner. You can tell if you have high electrochemistry, you can tell the pawn shop owner is high and you can tell which drug he's on and you can ask him where he buys from. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, actually, I, uh, you know, I was, uh, I'm a veteran. I was yeah. very irradiated because of uh, some disaster and he'll name check it. Yeah. Like, I have to take this because I'm fucked up. Yeah. And you can still be like, can like, I get that? Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I played through the, the game the first time sober the whole way through. And the game gives you debuffs for it because it's like you are having a massive hangover. And eventually you can get, you can like fully internalize sobriety as a, as a thought. Yes. Um, and you do get like a boring, like minus debuffs for, because you're boring, yes. but you also are like more acute. Like you can, are, you can detect stuff because you're sober. Life, in real life who do not want to hang out with you if they feel like you're going to be a buzzkill. kill. <laughs> Uh, and I was uh, trying. I, I was trying to be sober at the beginning, and then I, then I was, it became so hard to actually get a drink or do drugs that I was trying to do it. I, I assume later you can, um, but you can bum a cigarette off of Kim at the end of the first day. You can mm-hmm. um, nice. the, <laughs> the I just found the guys in an alley. Uh, the guy, the like tr- big traffic jam that there are a couple of guys in yeah. a Doom Spiral and a couple of other guys. You can get booze off of them really easily. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one guy where if you keep repeating the price to him he lowers it by accident yeah he's so drunk he's like yeah (laughs) that's 
awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, see, I was just asking the hotel manager who's not the bartender to give me a drink. <laughs> yeah. And if you keep calling him the bartender, he's you like, see, I'm yeah. not the bartender. He wants you to know that he manages solo. many hostels. He's not just a bartender. And if you ask how many, he says three. <laughs> many. <laughs> it's not even the whole hostels. He's like yeah. the cafeteria, hostel yes, cafeterias. Yeah, so something manager. that I did this time that I didn't know you could do uh, before is that um, you can actually... Like, there is an end point to the conflict between uh, Everard and Joyce, like the, the company and hmm. the, the union. No spoilers. Yeah, well, I, well, I'm saying that there is one. Okay. I didn't know Spoiler. that there was one, that you can also not resolve it, okay. which yes. is what I did on my first playthrough. I'm going to play my own thought, playthrough trying to do that. I thought, okay, <laughs> there's... Because uh, when you talk to one of them and then talk to the other, you'll always have an option like, hey, I talked to Joyce. Or, yeah, hey, you, I talk you, to you can cross-pollinate information, and usually that's bad. Um, yes. It can be good, but who knows? What they, but neither of them particularly likes the other one. So when they find out, oh, you talked to them, they're like, oh, you're spying on me for them. But, you know, both will eventually figure out that you're just... Oh, I, I did mean to say one of my early wins was groveling to get $130 for that lady. <laughs> <laughs> and if you that if you ask for win. money enough, like, that is what sets you on the, like, ultra-liberal path. You're, you're hustling, you're grinding <laughs> for money. You're, like, you're... <laughs> um, but also, one of the things that I really like about being able to ask people for money in this game is that um, you, as a police officer, and people who know... People know you're a police officer, you asking for money is like inadvertently asking for a bribe you're yeah. like yeah. if they give you money they know what they're doing and you're but, like no i literally don't have Everard any does money a massive power play of giving <laughs> he, you gives extreme, you he gives you a novelty giant, check giant novelty <laughs> publisher's clearinghouse check <laughs> he'll also do this thing where, where he's like here's five dollars and you're like i can't if you say you can't take that he's like Oh no! I wasn't giving it to you. I'm just—it's just right showing here. You. It's, yeah, there's five dollars. <laughs> Look at this. This is five dollars. It wouldn't be my fault if you took it. But, you know. He yeah. like—he knows he's giving you a comically low amount of money, but he also knows that you're broke. Yeah. So to to put a comically low amount of money in front of you and then to say you don't have to take it, it's like. <laughs> God damn. Uh, that is I, actually, I, I forgot, one of the copper types is Honor Cop, if you refuse all bribes. Oh, wow. oh I, I didn't know um, that would and, never be uh, I, I have not gotten this, but I've heard that you can do this. You can prove that you are so honorable by sticking your finger up your own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? And I don't know how it articulates, but That's it's... How do you even get to that the, point? I bet Kuno That's makes you do it. That's the beauty of this game. Yeah. One of the other somehow copo, you could get there. One of the other copper types is... Hobo cop and the best. Oh, sure. So if you refuse to, if you refuse or fail to pay your way into the hotel room, you can sleep outside, mm. and that's one of the ways you get hobo cop. But the other way is that uh, you need money. There's lots of plastic bottles and glass bottles around. If you get a plastic bag and start picking up the bottles, mm. then you can, the, you know, redeem them for money. And if people see the cop walking around <laughs> plastic bag full of bottles. They're going to feel some kind of way about it. <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> there is a major crime, that, another major crime that you can stumble upon uh, towards the mid middle of the game. And Kim will tell you, like, don't pick up any of those bottles. This is a crime scene. <laughs> That's like $1.25. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing I did once I got all that money, because I was so hopelessly stuck, is I went to the bookstore 
because uh-huh. Alex had recommended that because there's cool science quests there. And oh, I just yeah. bought a bunch of books and a fucking Risk. I bought Risk. Uh-huh. I played Risk with Kim for like an hour. That's great. <laughs> That's I, I never so did cool. the board game it's stuff. It's pretty funny. It's, funny. it's exactly what you'd expect, or, yeah. or at least the way I, I read the it, right? uh, in-universe Conan the Barbarian comic, <laughs> uh, which is really, really good. And then you can find somebody later on in the game, you're in somebody's apartment, and they have a poster up of that, and you go, oh, I read all of them. <laughs> if, you get, um, if you get... <laughs> it's just like real life. It's, it's just like realistic. Me you... saying that I've read Green Lantern has never helped no, me. No, never. It hurts. If right. you try to read the Dick Mullen book in front of Kim, he'll be like, Are, you're really going to read that trash? Yeah. So he did that to me, and then I decided not to do it because he, <laughs> he really actually it's shamed me. Life. One of my favorite bookstore diversions there is um, if you talk to the woman outside the bookstore, um, she like makes a mention of a cockatoo, and you can get a book on cockatoos and try and figure out which type of cockatoo you are. <laughs> Um, and um, they're all like you can read about all the different types, um, but you can also determine that you are a fuck up a two, <laughs> which is very funny. So what I liked the most about this game, and what I would say is this game's greatest uh, uh, like asset. Asset, yes, um, is that skill system and the way that they talk to you, and the way which is something that I do feel is accurate to the way we work, go through life, even if it is not literally. Uh, you know your empathy talking to you or if it uh, is yeah, or if it is uh, the example I gave when talking about this with uh, another friend was um, that I can't, uh, uh, in real life my empathy skill is too high and so whenever anyone asks me for money I always give it to them even though I know that like probably 80% of the times it's ever happened I've been scammed uh, <laughs> can I have some money Nick? <laughs> yeah, like, give me $20 I'm, I'm an ultra liberal I'm hustling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The greatest freedom bit of all time is Scott saying, would you give me $20 if I asked you? And forcing the other host to say yes because they want to seem nice and then saying, okay, give me $20. <laughs> Even if you know I don't need it, give me $20. I don't need it. Um, I don't need not, it. Yeah. He, he actively asserts that he doesn't need the money. Give me $20. So, uh, yeah, and this, of course, happened in the game. Somebody played to my sympathy. They're like, uh, well, you know, if you do this to me, like in this case, it was me putting handcuffs on someone who I was reasonably sure was going to run away. And it's like, if you put me in jail, I will be in a very dangerous situation. And I was like, uh, how bad could it possibly be? And then, guess what? She lied to me. Can you believe this? She lied to you for her own benefit? <laughs> I, I don't understand. It's like, and empathy, of course, because I boosted empathy up so high. It's like, look in her eyes. Can you really do this to her? And I'm like, how could I? So I had the thing that would happen to me in real life made the exact same mistake that I would mm. if this exact same situation had happened to me in real life yeah, and had too, the game hold, hold the mirror up to me and go, how dumb are you? How dumb <laughs> are you that this character with obvious motivations to lie to you said they pretty, said, pretty please don't arrest me because I am, I All promise, right. I promise okay. I'll stay right here. I won't run away. And then you come back and guess what? They did it. Damn. So you got there, are, there are a million situations like that in this game of like, like usually in an RPG, you boost your stat up to its max. Yeah, having there's, high there's stats no, is good in a no lot of games. There's no downside to that. <laughs> <laughs> but if one. you're if you boosting your strength stat up, meant it yelled at you. One of the another great example is I boosted my uh, pain tolerance stat up quite a bit, um, uh, and 
if you do that, it starts to like getting hurt. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, no. It's like, a, it's like, oh, yeah, give me more of a gray fox kind of thing. And so somebody, you know, you can, like, if there's, like, an option, like, pain tolerance will chime in, like, I bet if you put your tongue on that electrical outlet, it would shock you, like, a little bit, but not so much. You should try it to just to see. Or, like, or like you know, somebody, like, somebody slaps you because you were insanely rude to them, as you can be to almost every character in this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, pain tolerance is like, that was like nothing. Yeah, it was fine. You, got you, should, you should tell her to do it harder. You barely heard You me. barely felt it. <laughs> like stuff like that. Like all that stuff. It's it's a downs having a downside in a way that most RPGs don't even bother to like give you much yeah, upsides. If, <laughs> yeah, if you have high stats, they will chime in more, which yeah. means they'll give you more bad advice because they're overpowering the thought the um different emotions that probably should weigh in mm-hmm. right empathy is a, an important skill to have but it maybe doesn't factor into every single like maybe decision. you need authority here yes. <laughs> yes there are people who won't listen to you unless you have authority which is why you can put a gun in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with that, alex what did you think of all of us playing disco uh, this was so fun to talk about fun i game. i don't get a chance to talk about the games i love that much in person um and it's just so fun to hear about everybody's perspectives and uh, opinions and stuff uh i absolutely love this game and there are so many little tidbits and asides and edge cases that i could go at you know for another two hours on um but one that i would like to mention briefly is um i kind of prodded you guys to look in this but uh, to look at this but um i don't know if anybody got all the way through it but um one of my favorite little side bits early in this game is the um doomed commercial district plot line mm. um and it's specifically uh in the like bookstore across from the hostel mm-hmm. where you're staying yeah i've um, done a bit of that i needed to get the password for, for oh, their yeah. like, that's radio something thing, that though? you have to do uh, after day three uh, you, that's that's a bit time gated but oh, okay. um you talk to the woman at the bookstore and she's convinced that this specific area of retail space is cursed um, because all of the businesses that have been there have closed down um, and um, you can kind of get involved with her and her daughter, who she um, makes stay outside to promote the business. Um, you can get her to let her daughter come inside because that's child abuse. Yeah. Um, but um, you can like really be a dick and be like, oh, so you're paying her, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, really, really put her um, feet to the fire. But if you go and investigate the curtain in the back room, she'll say, like, please stay out of there. Like, I've set up like talismans because this place is cursed. Like, I want to ward <laughs> off the evil spirits that inhabit this retail space. <laughs> um, and if you are able to get back there, you can kind of go through the history of this place based on what was left behind. Um, the first place you break into is a gym, and you can see that this used to be a gym. Um, and then if you go further back, you can find the like game development studio that we mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, and then if you go even further down in the basement, you can see that this used to be an ice cream shop with a freakish, um, freakish bear freezer yeah. uh, that everyone was scared of, which is why they didn't get ice cream there. <laughs> yeah. And then there was um, there was like a, a bunker from the revolution, and you can find like guns there. Yeah, and that's they're that, not guns you can. Yeah, uh, that use. can be a lead, and you can kind of intuit that that may have something to do. Do with the case mm-hmm. um because it's not good that there are bunkers with guns everywhere that's right. <laughs> um uh, but there's also um if you pass enough of the checks in this area you can uh, find that there is still someone operating a business in this area um there's a woman high enough up in kind of the like smokestack um 
area where uh, she is operating a dice making business, mm -hmm. um, which is a wonderful inc character. The dice maker is so like she's completely missable and she's so cool. She's yeah. so great. And it's it's such a niche business, but somehow she is able to uh, make a living here in this space. She makes all the dice for your checks. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh uh, well, you can buy you can buy some dice from her, and um, in a couple important checks, they will give you a plus one having owned these dice. Neat. Um, yeah, the the bookshop um, lady calls her the entity and, yes. and thinks she's like because she's moving spirit. around in this empty, creepy uh, uh, above ground area above her shop. It's like, yeah. of course, if you hear this shit, it sounds haunted, um, and you can kind of intuit that like, oh, this other person living here is why she thinks it's haunted. But also, all of these other places have gone out of business, and. Depending on how in tune you are with Inland Empire, your imagination, you can say maybe there really is a curse. Uh, and it kind of casts forward onto some stuff later in the game, some big cosmology questions. Um, and you can kind of go on a quest later to determine maybe there is something going on here. Or maybe, oh, it's just capitalism. Places yeah, fail because they're in a <laughs> shitty location. <laughs> so that's, um, you can tell her one of two things, even if you have evidence for one or the other, right? Like, um, all these businesses failed because they were most of them were horrible ideas. yeah oh um, ab uh, every one of them has like a fatal flaw like but if you, you can see that they were bad businesses anyway but if you tell her that she might not accept it but if you tell her yep it's cursed yeah, you can buy into her delusion you can be like yes it isn't or i think you i'm pretty sure you can say if you have high enough drama you can say i cleansed it <laughs> i solved it yeah i think you can claim to be a spirit detective to get yeah. past her once i saw the drama stat i became obsessed with the leveling oh the drama works. stat has really good things and it calls you sire yeah uh seb there was something that i was really hoping that you would get to do in this game but uh, you did not like it yes. doesn't happen far enough oh okay and don't well, tell she me may get well, to well, it later no, no what i'm it's not i'm not spoiling it Spoilers. but uh it does Ruining heavily the involve the drama skill okay. and i think that you would do super well with it because like it's not like a one of the things like with Everard or Joyce or, or uh, Kim or someone where that like severely affects the game, but it is just like a really great interaction with a with like a, a teenager that is super super. Oh, uh, the art girl. Oh, okay. Yes, I didn't want to spoil. Did you get to do like her project? Not yet. Oh, okay. So she's got she's got a really really fun thing that Cindy you can have, that you can have a ton of influence on. Yeah, I I did the. Um... Or I, I was like, Kim, I should put a mural here. And he's yes, like, I, I need don't to know paint something that. on this empty He's like, can I, use, I, can I use like your fuel from your car? And he's like, no. <laughs> why would I, why would I do that? Um, anyway, right. any Yeah, no, I, I, I am just... No, Cam, Cam, put it back. Cam's on Instagram. No, turn it off. Uh. Sorry, I'm, I'm just in love with all the small details and all the big stuff, you know, we didn't really get a chance to talk about. I, it's just, I think this, this is such a like deeply, deeply personal game. I, yeah. I, one of kind of the main things I think it tries to get at is that like, despite how fucked up everything is like it, there's a real empathy to this. This game is very personal. It's about you know, trying to be the best you can in spite of horrible, terrible circumstances. And like your character just waking up and trying to be better is so touching to me. I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm tearing up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just such a, such a really personal thing for me. I, mm. I love that, you know, despite how far gone you are, you can choose to be better. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're Especially... so far gone that you're not even there. <laughs> so, but you can still be better. Yeah. yeah. And things work out. It's, it's, it's hopeful in a way that like, 
I didn't expect for how cynically <clears throat> this is written in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just love talking about it. I could go another two hours, but I think we I've held you long enough. We probably will on a later episode. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. I won't rule it out. But Seb, it's your episode next week, so what oh. the hell are we doing? Playing so an next week, important game. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really important game. It's only about uh, not as long as this. Anyway, no. Um, so we're doing something called Cube Escape Paradox, and it is a point-and-click puzzle game, um, which is kind of about some some weird supernatural shit and um a place called rusty lake hotel which is Ooh, um love a good hotel yeah rusty hotel. lake hotel um you're not actually in the hotel in this one but uh, um no. rusty lake hotel and cube escape are um kind of the same series two parts of the same series um that arrived at the rusty lake hotel <laughs> <laughs> um make a damn good cup of coffee um but yeah, so, so this company has been making these for a while, and they look kind of like Flash games you would play on Newgrounds back in the day, but they are not Flash games. And um, they end up doing, um, I don't think in the earlier ones, but I think in this one they might um, add in some ARG elements, um, but you don't really need that to complete the game. Um, I would like everyone to complete the game. I don't mind if you use guides, because some of the um, things can be kind of obscure, but you're kind of piecing together stuff that has to, it's it's almost another detective game in this particular game you are also playing a detective all right oh, detective yeah. month watch yeah. month watch Continues. month yeah <laughs> rorschach who Find detects like the detectives God, i should have done deadly premonition tonight damn uh, um didn't you guys would hate that you no guys. yeah um, it sucked. So i'm not sure how much you guys are gonna like it cam i i think you're gonna be frustrated by it honestly no well, we have so permission really to use company. a guide yeah so, so why would we be frustrated yeah i, I said try not to use the guide. try to leave <laughs> the guide alone as much as you can but i have had to use a guide on on these games um you can get it on either pc or on mobile it's only a couple dollars um, all right so yep all right well if you would like to tell us what races we are and aren't allowed to use our detective <laughs> whoa, stories whoa, whoa. <laughs> you should whoa, you should send that? an email to please don't cast the gmail.com and that is please don't cast the gmail.com I was going to jokingly read a spam email we got today on the show, but uh, it is far too late for that. So yeah, uh, uh, you can also uh, donate to us on Patreon, which funds this Whoa. episode. And oh, yeah. Also, uh, with, we, honestly, without you guys giving to us, we would not have been able to buy two copies of this game for our friends to play. I mean, it's a $20 game. We both enjoyed it, so we probably would have bought it on our own. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I know, was, but I it, it, then... it helps us not uh, be in the red uh, yes. spending money on this podcast. Yeah, especially yeah. with yes. all the games we've been playing lately. Yes, yeah. that's true. Um, we appreciate it, and, and it, it goes to make the show better. Yes. It also uh, funds the poisons that we drank on an episode that is now out for everyone to listen to that we yes. recorded almost yes. two months ago, but that's how busy we were, mm. or how busy I was anyway, that I... Uh, also, all the extra terror sodes and stuff. I was just trying to make sure I got all of that stuff out in the month of October. Otherwise, this would have come out way earlier. But hey, the the number is still over the line, so you may be seeing more of Hazardous Materials in the future. Who can yeah. say? Truly. Mm -hmm. uh, but we will see you next week with uh, Cube Escape Paradox, and it's time for us to return to the void. See you next Paradise week. Escape. That's right. <laughs>